Hey there, video gamer. It's your good pal Polly here. Do you like lists? Ah, you don't even have to answer the question. I know you do. You like big ol' lists. Like the lists that you can find over at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net, like the top 218 games of the fifth generation, the top 153 Sega Genesis games ever, according to SNS. Well, I've got good news for you. We're about to put together our biggest list ever, and we want you to be a part of it. So point your browser majig to SocksMakePeopleSexy.net slash sliders, and then scroll down to the Interactive Digital Video Entertainment Forum. There you'll find a topic that's sticky, that's created by Rhett, that is entitled SNS in the 2010s, the top games of the decade according to SNS. There, all you'll have to do is simply follow his instructions to submit your top 100 games that were released from the years 2010 to 2019. Can't think of 100 games? That's fine too. We're good with lists of all sizes so long as the games were released from 2010 to 2019. So get your list together, in order, and post it on the forums. We'll be collecting and putting everything together sometime in around April, so there's still plenty of time to contribute. Once again, head on over to Sliders and Socks forums at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net slash sliders to get all the information you need. And now, on with the show! That'll be mine. Oh, shit, I forgot that on my game of the decade list. I'm sorry. Shit. It's okay, Red. <laughs> <laughs> I've already made a superior flick game now. I don't know. I don't know. I still like Wednesday. That's fair. Wait, what's the other one? The the spider one? The spider one. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. I repeated the thematic material of, of Spider's Hollow, so I understand if that if that <laughs> kind of disqualifies in your minds. Treading water creatively. John's got that one idea. <laughs> just really likes hammering on it. And he it's just, a good idea. He just wants people to know he wants to fuck a spider. And be eaten at the end. That's all. <laughs> that's that's, literally that's it. the important... You gotta include the second part. Yeah, it's very important. <laughs> Welcome to SoxCast, episode 112. <laughs> brought to you, as always, by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, have you fucked a spider today? <laughs> This was a good cold open, I just De want to say. Definitely. Hey, everybody. Game of the Decade thing. It's still happening. Just want to toss it out here at the top of the show that you can still toss us your games of the decade by going over to SocksMakePeopleSexy.net slash sliders and looking in that games forum, that interactive digital entertainment software forum. Checking in there. Check the rules. Rhett's got a big old list at the top. You can check that out. And yep. then post your lists. It's fun. We're getting a lot of lists now. Oh my god, it's so much. There's We've the, made such a huge mistake. We have made the biggest mistake. Like, we're, we're, this is the first time that we're doing one of these lists where we've had to kind of break up who's doing what. Um, because 
we're presenting it a little more, I think, um, I don't know, I think we're going all, a bit more all out with the presentation, making it look a little nicer uh, than they have in the past, a little more uniform. That's my idea. Rhett hated it at first. Well, it's because I just, I, I hated doing images in the past. Well, images started early on the 16-bit stuff because those had s standard resolutions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when you hit 32-bit and like the PS2 era stuff, it just became a nightmare. Yeah, like everything's different. <laughs> so just throw it in there and say, fuck it. But I, yeah. th I thought of a, a little more of an elegant solution that you'll see in the final product. I think it looks nice. Um, and I think that... Yeah. You're still able to represent the games fully in the way that we thought of. But yeah, like I'm having to do all of the images, which there's going to be a lot of games <laughs> when you let everybody pick 100 of them. So like, I, like the final image count on this article is probably going to be way bigger than anything we've ever had on the site. And those yeah. Final Fantasy articles are loaded with images. In the thousands. In the in thousands. The, like, over this a thousand, is, well, most likely. Like when like it's gonna be crazy just how much like how do you pace this out over the course of posting it once it's done and obviously we'll know that once we have our final number come sometime around the that that ambiguous number <laughs> of uh, uh, that ambiguous date of sometime around the first of April uh, is kind of when we're gonna stop taking data for this. Mm. Um, we'll see, <laughs> but it's just thinking like. How many? Because we we did it like over the course of five days, all you know, for all the other ones. So yeah, I think like, this has to be more if it's like two hundred games a page. Yeah, this is gonna be, be like, for, yeah, like like the final numbers and the final image counts on this shit is going to be insane. This is literally likely to be the final fucking article posted to socks make people sexy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So if we're going to go, like, and I don't mean that because obviously, like, if somebody's wanting to pay Pat to write more Final Fantasy shit, <laughs> I will give him that, I will give him that space to let him do that. Get, you know, go on, get yours, baby doll. Um, but yeah, we are still cranking away. We're still cranking away on uh, Game of the Decade. Like I said, go over to SocksMakePeopleSexy.net slash sliders and into the Interactive Digital Entertainment Software Forum and you can get all the information on how you can contribute right on up in there. It'll be great. You'll have a great time making us have to do this amazing amount of work. <laughs> it's going to be amazing just... by the end. And, and I think that, like, once we have sort of the final number of games, I think that, like, we're going to kind of decide, like, how many the last day is going to be, and then I think that we'll probably do a podcast for the final day, yeah. Along, you know, before we post it to the site, so that it'll, we'll make it a little bit of a an event, uh, so yeah. to speak. And and I'll lay uh, and I'll set up a layout in OBS to kind of like show images and stuff associated with each game oh, on the list. <laughs> We're gonna go all out on this thing. We might as well do it. So yeah, that's gonna be real fun. But yeah, get on over, get a list submitted. We. It's going to take us a while to get that together. But that is not the only list that we're going to be working on. Because uh, I guess sometime, uh, this is another ambiguous date that Rhett has given me. A Two couple weeks. of weeks. Two weeks. Two, weeks. Two okay. weeks. Next By next podcast. By next podcast, we need your top three anime uh, from 2010 to 2019. So you're going to have to look up those dates when they aired. Man, there's some real edge cases that come in from like, 2009 oh, uh, to 2010 into the new year. I mean, if it, if it finished airing in 2010, I mean, it kind of has to count, you know? Yeah, I think that that's a, a fair way to look at it. I don't think that it's actually going to be... I don't think we're going to, uh, like, reveal the list on the next podcast, but in two weeks... Well, at, uh, yeah. we at, at least in two weeks, we want those lists. 
your your list, your top three yeah. anime. Write a bit about it, um, and then we'll figure out how. Because I don't know, Rhett's the one. Like, how are we doing this, just, Rhett? You know how we do game of the de- game of the year? Yeah. Normally, we just read our top tens and then have guest ones. All right. Guest top threes. So once you've got your top three anime put together, I want you to get that all written down. Get you a list and all that, and send it off to podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. And it's just like game of the year. We'll read yours interspersed. And that'll yep. be fun. That'll be a good time. If we get any. If we get any. If we don't, we're still going to be recording that episode. Uh, I don't know that we're going to do it live. I think we'll probably just uh, record it and then post it later. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah. Anyway, to my immediate virtual rights, one cock to rule them all. <laughs> it's rad. Uh, What's going on? Right? Someone asked me this week, what is with the Rhett's penis jokes? And I'm just like, <laughs> I kind of don't know. <laughs> Polly just started it and has run with it for like five years now. I like your penis. What is there, <laughs> what is there no, to think about with it's regards to It's an inside joke the... that is incredibly, incredibly simple to actually figure out. Yeah, like there's, there's not... There's no layers to There's it. no layers to this joke at all. There's nothing. There's no fine bits. There's no minutia. It's just very much, yo, <laughs> let me all up on that penis. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and you like making me squirm. But like, was it somebody yeah. online that asked you this? I hope. I hope it wasn't somebody yeah. in real oh, no. life that listens. It was not, not in person. Because <laughs> that would be great. That would be really funny. If anybody knows Rhett in real no. life. Go ask there's, him. Ask him about his penis in real life, please. <laughs> I think it started in earnest because you Red squirmed a yeah. lot at the start. Oh like yeah, got desensi- yeah. You got desensitized to it over time. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, kind of. I think there's, of. Still, there's still a little bit of the the old worm <laughs> wiggle going on when I mention <laughs> his penis. Uh, I just wanted to say um, uh, thank you to Zelaz, to Red to Becky, to Austin, to Zim, and to Carmi, because those are the folks who have posted their lists or list fragments thus far on the forum. Oh, good, good. So, many thanks. To, to many y'all. thanks, many thanks. And, and some of those lists are ongoing. Yep. <laughs> many of Mine them are. are. Yep. I am, I have literally blurbed probably about 48 of my entries. So. Out of me. Whew. Oh, boy. Sometimes you just... Sometimes it's just like the best blurb is, ah, I don't know, it's really cool and I like it. I'm going to definitely be using that on a few of them. I think that's fair. It'll be spread out in the final list. Exactly. To my immediate virtual left, what a pity. It's John Thayer. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Slam dunks. (laughs) Hi. How's it going, John? I'm doing well. Ready for this wonderful <laughs> podcast that we are about yeah. to embark on? It got destroyed, sure. <laughs> well, then why don't you go ahead and, and get our, co- our podcast kicked into full gear. Uh, let us know what 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 you been up to, John. <laughs> <laughs> wow, ex- you broke John. I don't think he was expecting that. <laughs> it was the combo of, of the intro. And then I played the Sweet Code in VN, the first one. Oh, no. <laughs> What a pity! <laughs> this will be a short one because um it it surprise surprise it really does not resolve at all at the end. So mm. I need to play the second volume if oh. I want to get the full, full experience. But is there like anything interesting about it at all? Like, are there hooks, or are you just doing this out of obligation at this point? Okay, so here's here is my reasoning. This is it's by 
Mariyama. It's the same guy that created Suikoden that had the original idea for Suikoden 2 that, and then all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. sort of the... It is the main creative force behind Suikoden. Mm-hmm. Created two visual novels on the PlayStation that take place in the same world as Suikoden 2. And Suikoden 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I understood it, it's it starred Nash, an original character. Um, and the cute vamp, sleepy vampire girl from Sweet Coden 2, whose is, whole gimmick is that she's is, a vampire. And she and wants she, to sleep? And she just wants to sleep. So every time when you meet her, she's just like out in the town and really annoyed because the town has woken her up so they can try to burn her alive. And she's just like, <laughs> "What's? I'm just really tired. What is going on? This is annoying. Like the big, big relate to that character, I think. Big old yes. fucking relate. So I was like, okay. It's and it's only it only was like four to six hours long. Also, mm-hmm. it's short. Um, and I was like, well, maybe when he's not telling a giant thirty-hour RPG, he's forced by the constraints of the VN format um, to tell a more intimate, constrained, limited in scope story. Oh no, he'll, he'll be more disciplined. Oh, does no. that logic? And it has the cute vampire girl. So does that logic make sense? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so the first hour of the Suikoden VN is about you fighting an evil vampire. <laughs> you know, you gotta write what you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not Necklord may is referenced in the backstory, but it's not Necklord. It's actually a more interesting vampire. Um, it is the best thing in all of Suikoden. This oh, one-hour okay. vampire story completely kicks ass. It's just like a really cool, great shonen thing. Okay. <laughs> it rules. Not what I was expecting. Yeah, no, it completely rules. It just, like, has really good action. Nash is extremely cool. The vampire lady, they, like, take this ten-minute flashback to just tell the vampire lady and the villain's backstory, and it's actually really, really well done. Because she's the one that created vampires in the first place, essentially. Oh. Um, because she had the true rune that let her do that. And it's a really good affecting story and Necklord is referenced wow. and, his, and his existence is elevated no that's not how you do this you don't tell the good story and then wipe your ass with it so then I got to the end and I was like okay now the vampire is going to kick their ass and they're going to have to run away and then we'll send the rest of the time like building up to this um, building up to this climactic confrontation with this villain and then they just kill the vampire. Oh. <laughs> and then the sleepy vampire girl leaves the game forever. Oh, no. Well, we just made the game way so, worse. So this is the tragedy of the Sweet Code and VN is that Sweet Code Gaiden is that it is four episodes that are almost completely disconnected from each other. Mm. And there is almost no through line. Like, there's just this little teeny tiny thing about Nash's backstory that is not resolved and will hopefully be resolved in the next game. It is otherwise just four, four episodes. Um, the second episode is an ex- basically just Nash pushes himself into a scene from Suikoden 2 that should have been in Suikoden 2 but wasn't, oh. where they just explain Joey's motivation Mm. which they don't do for most of Suik- <laughs> First Suikoden 2, really. And then they explain Luca. His oh, mom died. No. He's sad about it. They didn't so is do this, that in the game. 
I don't know if this is the if this if it's this or if it's something else. It's very brief. He's like the sister just mentions like doing this won't bring mom back, and then he's like, "I would kill you if you didn't look so much like her." Uh, he's very he's very deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, sounds like that thing that Vanner wrote about on the yeah it does game of the year and it's like thing. it sucks, but it's something. Whereas in the game Sweet Coden Two, Luca is just comically empty. There's just nothing to him. Yeah. Whereas in this, this is like. Yeah. In, as in this, it's like just very basic, which is, I don't know if that's better or worse, but whatever. And, and also hidden in a Japanese-only visual novel. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's just a scene. The second episode is just a scene, a bunch of scenes that should have been in Sweet Godin 2. The third is a really, really fucking good action scene <laughs> where you're introduced to this cool ninja girl from Nash's backstory, and then they and then they fight a, a wolf monster, and then he leaves and then has to fight two swordsmen, and it's really, really cool. Okay, like, there are two things that this game has yeah. that I think are immediately interesting. Sleepy uh-huh. Vampire Girl and Badass Ninja Girl. <laughs> Why don't we just take the best of both worlds? What Smush them together. One game. <laughs> Boom. There it is. There you go. I just uh, fixed the Spicodin <laughs> problem. Nash is gonna... The thing is that Nash is very good. I really like Nash. I thought you were going to say smush them together and make Ninja Vampire Girl. You, that's what I that's, thought, That's also... Uh, and she likes pizza, since so she delivers and pizza sleeping. and sleeping. Um, we're just going to put all of the Ninja Girl tropes together into <laughs> one girl. Oh, that actually. means her boobs are huge. Gigantic! That's all I know about Ninja Girls, because of that one series. Oh, and Dead or Alive. I guess it's Senhum Kaga and Dead or Alive have huge boob ninjas. <laughs> so that definitely is a trope. Absolutely. Um, there's a thing during the climactic confrontation with the vampire in chapter one where Nash just nonchalantly says, like, I can feel the cursed swords on my back try, t- trying to get me to draw them. But if I draw them, then I'll be overcome with bloodlust. And it's like and then he beats the vampire without drawing the cursed swords. And it's like, oh, shit, it's going to be really cool when he draws those cursed swords. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. This is my shit. This is your chapter, sequel tease. And then chapter three, he draws his cursed swords, and it's really cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so it's not like an extensive setup. And then in chapter four, chapter four is just one of the tactics fights from Sweet Coden Two, but oh. as but as a, but as like a one hour VN, and it's much better than all of the tactics fights in <laughs> Sweet Coden Two because it's a story. The tactics fights in Sweet Coden Two are garbage. Of fucking course. Yep. Nash basically like takes control of the situation by pretending to be one of the super genius, empty like, Lelouch guys from the first two games. He's like, I'm actually this guy, and they're like, Oh, I guess he is. And he's just like, Well, all right, they trust me now, even though I was totally lying. So, but then it's act- there's actual like strategy and stuff, and it's like an actual battle scene, and then it completes, and there's a one minute resolution scene in which off screen the town you just saved falls because that's what happens in Sweet Coden 2 and it's like well that was all for nothing and then the end to be continued <laughs> wow. it's like cool well I mean I guess I can see the like the 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 it's not an obligation then is what because yeah, it's kind of it's the it, best Sweet Coden game because it's way it's much better than <laughs> it's better Sweet Coden game because there's literally nothing where you have to actually engage with any of Sweet Coden's <laughs> bullshit yeah there's none of the bad RPG it's just story and the story, is, the problems with this Sweet story are mitigated by the short, the brevity, and the episodicness. Mm. 
He doesn't have... They don't give him enough rope to hang himself in all of these <laughs> yes. instances. Like, he gets close, it sounds mm-hmm. like. But he's not able to jump down into the gallows, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. He can't just write an actual, like, viendo. It has to be, like, four... It has to be separate stories. Because, episodes. again, if you let any of his stories linger long enough, it's just gonna, mm-hmm. ju- like I said, into the gallows. And I mean, that's how Suicune 1 and 2 are. They're just a bunch of episodic dicking around for most of the game. There's like an okay start, episodic dicking around where nothing happens, Mm -hmm. and then nothing happens at the end. Oh, (laughs) jeez. It's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. So, best Suicune game. Maybe 2 is going to be real good. Maybe it'll pay off all those all those little little setups in a <laughs> special way and be real satisfying. Mm-hmm. If so, um, I did grab Suicune three in that sale. So and Nash is a big part of it. <laughs> oh wait, so all this is set up for three, really? Possibly. Sort of, Na- Nash is in three, like mm-hmm. as a, a major character. So okay. sort of. So because like you're saying how these are four kind of separate stories, but they're all featuring Nash, really. Yes, it's all Nash's. It's all okay. Nash. So there is. It's not completely disconnected. Yeah. It just does not build like a through line beyond like, oh, I wonder what Nash's deal is. And I think it's that he, there's a dead woman in his backstory. Oh well. Of course. Yeah. I mean, why would? Why would? I there mean. Be? Yeah. Oh yeah. We can. We can really sling stones. Any. I think any RPG that relies on dead woman backstories is just uh, automatic. Y'all are joking right now, right? <laughs> Because there's a character that I was thinking of, just not knowing anything about Nash, that I'm like kind of picturing in my head right now. Mm-hmm. And then you said that, and it became crystal clear. Yeah, I I had somebody earlier today be like, FF6 has one backstory for its characters, and I was like, if you cannot comprehend the shades of nuance between Locke, Cyan, and and Setzer's dead woman backstories, then that is on you and not the game. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> they are very different dead woman backstories. Uh, so that's the that was the sweet code adventure that to be continued to be continued to like, be, for now for it, now it anyway it um, doesn't even have credits it just goes to be continued oh geez cuts, cuts to the opening intro it feels unfinished it's Ooh. bizarre Ooh. i think they cut they, they made one game and then just split it in half for some <laughs> for some reason maybe the lack of disk space there's a lot of cgs mm. so, so it's basically it's pretty well produced Suiko Gaiden and Knuckles. There you go. Lock on <laughs> technology, playing both at the yeah. same time, and with Knuckles as the protagonist. <gasps> um, there's Nash. one other. Go ahead, Rhett. There's scenes that Nash worms his way into, but if you have both versions, then Knuckles also worms his way in. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like, oh, in this scene where the Suikoden 2 characters are disguised as guards, Nash was separately disguised as a guard <laughs> <laughs> and hanging out <laughs> with them. Just standing nearby, listening to them. <gasps> oh, oh my wow. god! <laughs> yeah, just, like, just finding oh, all the sorts of weird, small ways we can sneak him in. So <laughs> it's like, very, yeah, very clearly, like they just wanted to fix this scene from Sweet Coded yeah. Two, but but they also wanted all four of them to have Nash in them. So they just <laughs> we just fudged it. Just fudged it as much as they possibly could. There's like three. That whole episode is just like, all right, here are these like three classic scenes from <laughs> Sweet Coden Two that you all remember because they're so beautiful and memorable. And they're all waiting for Joey to get back right before he does some bizarre, out of character shit for, and then fucks off for twenty hours. Yeah, I remember that great scene. I love Sweet Coden. 
I would love if they actually secretly planned this all along. So, like, if you go back to those scenes in Sweet Code 2, there's just a guard kind of standing off to the side that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's very good. Oh, my God, there's a lot of chat I missed out. I'll catch up. Um, but, yeah, at this point, I feel affection for Sweet Code mm. in, oh. in the sense that it is like this... Because the, the first game was literally based on Shitty Road in high school. Like... That's cute, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, cute. That's, like, I can get behind that because, I mean, Hunters is literally everything Rhett wrote when, <laughs> except from he was, he was four until he was 32. Aww. Excuse me, that's Project N3. Hunters was original. <laughs> okay, that's right, yeah. But, like, I feel that those two are married in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they come from the same, they come from the same boyhood wonder place. Uh-huh. Jeez. Um, I need to play Xenogears and complete the trifecta because I think parts of that were based on the dude's high school fantasy pretty story sure. idea. Yep, and I'm definitely and I'm pretty sure Fate had the same thing. I'm pretty so, sure that Xenogears is also better than Swakoden. Yeah, it's probably Swakoden's the worst, then Xenogears, then Fate is the best. Wait, yeah, right. why Fate? I thought you meant I thought Fate, Fate was Xenogears was based on some shit he wrote in high school, thought yeah. of in high school, and then I think the Fate route was based on shit Nasu started writing in high school. Really? Not yeah. like really? starting the sinners. I swear, like everything Nasu writes is something <laughs> yeah. that he was that he had written in high school. That's what it all comes way. across as. Garden of Sinners and Tsukihime were before Fate, but I think that he like pulled that out of the woodwork. Like, all right, let's punch this up huh. for this new thing. Um, Can you? I go just, ahead. Fate is so amazing to me because now you're saying it's based on this thing he wrote in high school, which is plausible, and mm-hmm. now it's this billion dollar franchise because that fucking mobile game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, Zach points I had out. That luck. <laughs> Zach points out that there is a GBA Sweet Coden card game. I noticed that it was, in fact, beautifully, lovingly fan translated. Yep. Um, <laughs> Legend of Heroes two. Nope. Nope. Um, Fate Extra CCC. The the heavens feel of Fate Extra. Nope. It's cool. <laughs> the Sweet Coden card game that just retells the plot of Sweet Coden two, but with card battles. That needed to be shared with the world. Thank you, fan translators. Maybe it was easier, because it's already uh-huh. just Sweet Coden 2. Oh, boy. Um, one, other, one other thing. One other thing. Hey, hey y'all. Guess what just, get to, guess what just resolved? What? What, what just ended? What? Literally like yesterday or today. What? Um, the Tangled TV series just concluded. Oh, jeez. Right. Like, I, this was a weird thing. Because I didn't see yeah. it, I didn't see it even coming for you, and I was just like, "Why? Why are you? What? When did this? When did I miss the John is on the tangled train?" I will admit, I had the same reaction. Like, where did this come from out of fucking nowhere? Well, I've all, I've really liked Tangled for a long time. That's mm-hmm. like a Disney movie I like, like Frozen, and like so when I see a new Disney movie, I'm like, "Oh, cool! This 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 sucks. I wish they made a good one, like right. Tangled or Frozen." <laughs> Um, so I really connected with that story, and then I saw clips of a song, and I found out that this... I'd heard of the Tangled TV series because I saw fan art, mm-hmm. and then I saw that there was also a musical, that they have big song numbers, I and I saw this everything really... everything about this. I and I saw, it. like... <laughs> and that's all I want on God's Earth is some good musicals, and there aren't a lot of them because Disney forgot how to make them, and how they're just doing all the live-action shit. Um, but now this, like... They have the little animated TV series off to the side, and Disney's not paying attention, so they can actually make it good. 
Um, and when they have the big plot episodes with the music numbers, they're real good. It's like a good Disney movie. It's like a good, good thing. Um, they have original character do not steal um cassandra who's who is totally rapunzel's best friend mm-hmm. um super best friend super cool amazing awesome and like that one girl that got added in Railgun. uh <laughs> what's her name the flower crown girl oh you know her uiharu uh, yeah uiharu the awful mm-hmm. one who's just like yeah why are you f- why do you exist <laughs> polly you need to understand she's mean She's cool and mean. It's very good. It's not complicated. And she sings songs, and it's great. And then at the end of season two, she betrays everybody, and it's very dramatic and very exciting, especially for and out of nowhere. So that was the only thing I knew going into it, was that there's this very cool girl who betrays everybody at the end of season two. And then I was like, all right, sure. And I got there, and it didn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. You were so uh, like kind of bored, it seemed, by season yeah, two like, until that happened. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, until that I'm moment. Into that. It just okay. seemed real. It seemed like a fucking slog. So this is a show for eight-year-olds. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, every time, every time I load up clips on YouTube, I get ads for um, glitter makeup kits. Oh my god! <laughs> and, I, and I feel a little bit called out. So this is sort of like basically the My Little Pony thing again, but it's tangled. So it's a little, it's a little, little grody in that sense. But I really like Tangled the movie, and this was, and this starts off real strong, and then it has a bunch of episodic dicking around, and unlike Steven Universe, like Steven Universe, the episodic bits are ten minutes long. Like I understand, I know Polly doesn't like that. I, I vibe with it. I like the town and the city, and the episodes are pretty good, and they're over quickly. Um, they have to squeeze their little story about Sadie or whatnot into 10 minutes. Um, the episodes, the episodic stories in Tangled are 20 minutes long. And every time, at like 12 minutes in, it's like, well, I know, I know where this is going. Yeah. You could have chopped, chopped it right here. Just kind of got to keep on watching, I guess. Um, so it... it it drags. Um, there are way more episodes than there need to be for te- the story that they're telling, and I don't recommend it to mm-hmm. adults. Right. <laughs> um, Byron, Byron's apparently watched, started watching it with her, with his oh, daughter, with, which with is like, daughter. yes, perfect. Well, yeah, That's like the, that would be the perfect company to watch something like that with. Exactly, like <laughs> small, small child, <laughs> perfect. Um, songs well, are real good. When you're enjoying something like that with its intended audience, I think that it's easier to kind of look past the bullshit um, in a way yeah. too. So exactly <clears throat> when it's just John uh, Thayer alone with a tub of <laughs> peanut butter, shoving it in his mouth, like his hands, a shovel <laughs> watching episodes of tangled, just chain smoking and back and forth, back to back to back. Like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to run up into a bit of friction with the, 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 uh, the, the nature the fact, of the, show. the nature of the show. Right. Yeah. But there, there is like an overarching plot and it's dramatic and exciting and that when they do it, it's good. Like mm-hmm. they do a good job with it. So that keeps me going and, uh, and the finale just dropped and I saw some freaking out on the timeline and people seem to be pretty happy. So I'm, I'm so pretty you ha- But you're not caught up yet? Not yet. So I didn't get to watch the time, the finale. Because the timing of you canceling your Disney Plus was like real confusing to me. I'm like, wait, isn't it about to end? Yeah. Um, the, they don't have season three on Disney Plus because it's oh. still going. Oh. So I, I have to steal it, and it's much less convenient to watch now, which has also <laughs> slowed my momentum. 
Yeah. Um, because Disney Plus does the Netflix thing where you can download episodes to your phone. Oh. And then watch it on the bus. That's like, handy. Oh. That's handy. <laughs> oh, has everybody seen you watching the show on the bus? I'm I'm pretty bashful about it, so no. <laughs> so you're just saying in con- concept you could watch it on the bus, but you don't. No, I do. No, I do. I just am a little bit like you are very careful with that phone. Uh, okay. He's like he has got that thing glued to his face. His hands are cupped around it, <laughs> like opening Everybody... a ret- like opening a ret DM. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's just huddled around or looking at you like, oh, he's keeping that phone real close to his face. He's looking at porn. <laughs> There, look, you all need to realize there are some real good songs. They are very good. They, and you can tell whenever they care about the episode they're making because there are suddenly like two or three songs an episode and then they'll go like 15 episodes without any songs. That's a big stretch, John. Yep. And, th- and those are the, like the boring ones. And it's like, cool. Super cool. And you can't really skip them. They do. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't anyway because that's not how my... My brain can't do that. Like, Fred's talked about skipping all the filler Sailor Moon episodes, and yeah. I was like, that would make the show better. I, I can't. I skipping can't the fil- skipping the the Sailor Moon filler episodes is called reading the manga. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's extremely good. It is for eight year olds. <laughs> Don't watch it. Don't watch it. But the, but it's real good. I'm gonna keep retweeting <laughs> fan art and whatnot for the next like couple weeks while i finish it up hey tangled is in kingdom hearts 3 isn't it it is i'm excited well, to play kingdom hearts 3. that's the fucking reason you're watching this mm-hmm. and and this is sort of a this is sort of a personal a personal note but mm-hmm. um my ex-wife introduced me to tangled and my, a lot of me my affection with that movie is kind of tangled up with that mm. <laughs> tangled uh-huh. Uh-huh. i get it because it's t- uh-huh. that's the name of the thing but it's also the thing that you are so it's sort of a it's sort of a detox. It's sort of an exercise in like, okay, I made these I made some nice memories. Yeah, like I don't mind. have to associate this thing with this terrible awful human being of a fucking toxic waste dump. <laughs> uh has has sullied. I can enjoy it on my own terms on its own merits and create my own good time with it. Yeah, and even then like I can my ex introduced me to oof, sweet coat. Oof, big oof. <laughs> Um, but I, it's like, oh yeah, I had good times with this movie with this person. I can still appreciate right, those right. memories and kind of build off them with mm. this fun experience. Recontextualize the whole thing. Mm. Make it your own, girl. Yeah. And guess what? It's much better than Frozen 2. Mm. It's not very hard. It's much better than Frozen 2. Um, Colin said Sweet Coden again, and I did want to say, uh, I was building up to, with me saying I had some affection for Sweet Coden, mm-hmm. um, I'm realizing now that it is in the exact same part of my brain as Simpho Gear. Oh. <laughs> Where I can like Ouch. enjoy this like sweet code and media and like and, play, yeah. play this VN and like enjoy reading about it and enjoy hearing people be excited about it. <laughs> Even when the actual experience was just the slog. <laughs> so <laughs> No, like, I, I actually understand completely what you mean yeah. now. Because like I'll send you fan art of Certain characters like Miku, and you'll be like, "Yes, I love her. I hate watching the show. I hate but I watching love her. the show, but I love her." I, I bet he has to contextualize that every time. No, it's like, "Yes, no. I love her so much, but the show's still fucking hot garbage." <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty good about. I think I'm pretty chill. Yeah, I want to because I, I want to keep the DMs coming because they're very nice. <laughs> keep the DMs coming. That sounds like all of the DM sessions I'm in right with. <laughs> 
It's not even half coming. It's not even scandalous. It's just like cute art of characters I like. Yeah, the character yeah, I like. Yeah. The character I like. <laughs> no plural there. Yep. <laughs> um, Rhett. Oh boy. What have you been up to? Uh, I finished a little game we talked about last week called Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Let me strap in. Let me strap in. Let's get to the good this- stuff. All right, all right. Seat okay, belts. y'all are going to be let down. This on. isn't going to be nearly as ridiculous as oh, last time. Such a fun, that was so funny last time, Rhett. It was so good. Yeah. So basically, I completely burned myself out in the game during doing that nonsense. Uh-huh. You could have guessed. So, because <laughs> I played like the first third of it three times. <laughs> so basically, I had finally decided to play on hard mode classic. Mm-hmm. And I stuck to that. I never went back. But then I did, like, one more mission to kind of wrap up the first arc, and I got Lucina in the party, and I was like, hell yeah. And I had just completely lost motivation for playing the game. Because <laughs> it's like they wrap up the big war that's going on and then skip, like, into the future, and then it's just like, oh no, it's time for another war! And we're going to go across the ocean now, and there's a whole new continent of war for us to fight against. Mm. And... The story's really just kind of there in this game, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, Rhett. Lucina's arc is so beautiful. <laughs> I told in the last, like, and five Robin's, missions. And Robin's arc? Oh, my God, Rhett. She faces down her evil family. It's very moving. I wonder if I didn't get some of the Lucina stuff or it's or you're just... No, it's over- mostly the Robin. It's mostly the Robin stuff. Yeah. The Robin uh, stuff definitely exists. I... I like I like that stuff. The thing is, like, don't they spend like most of the like fifteen chapters at yeah. war with this one guy, and it's just completely separate from the main yes. plot. That's the thing. Is like the fir- so these numbers aren't going to be exact, but it's like the mm-hmm. first eleven are the first are like the whole first war. Then like eleven through twenty are the second war, and then like twenty to twenty five is the end of the game. And, like, that's when it actually has a story. But the problem is, like... So I did... So I kind of... I got Lucina and then kind of lost interest in the game because I had been burning myself out doing the first third three times over. And I picked it back up and I just paired her with Rhett for the whole rest of the game so that they could get married. (laughs) Did it work? Oh, yeah, it... You know it worked. I, I posted a I know, for, video for the of benefit it. of our for the benefit of our listeners. Yes. Yes, I married Lucina, and it was like incredibly flat, basically. Like <laughs> the, every relationship in that like, game. That's exactly like, every relation because <laughs> the S ranks just come out of nowhere. Is the problem? Yeah. Because you can get up to A rank with anybody, even after getting married. So, like, the writing can't be too implicitly romantic. Mm-hmm. So then when you get to the S rank, it's just like, oh, anyways, I'm proposing now. Like, it's just, it just kind of jumps there. Four sentences, and you're married. Yep. And and now kids have teleported in from the future. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't process until this week um, that if you marry, you can marry Krom, in which case you become Lucina's mom. As... Not as the same Robin, though. You have to be female Robin to do that. Yeah. yeah, so you can either... You can play this game and either be... And have Lucina either be your daughter or your wife. Yes. 
So and this was the one game ever to make me play as a guy because I wanted the because wife option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that, that was my arc where the game was like, oh, this yeah, this this ending is nice. This climax is fine. You 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 fight on the back of a dragon, and that then be good. It's good, yeah. And then the middle half of the game is just nothing. It's not even. The, it's like the middle seventy five percent. It's a lot of the game. I, it's just indefensible. I don't understand it. Like the you war just, arc just kind of goes nowhere, especially the second one, where it's just like, oh, I got Tiki now. She's cool, I guess. <laughs> Actually, I like the mission that you have to recruit her in because she's just in the middle of the map, like doing nothing or mm-hmm. like channeling or something, and you have to, de- to defend her. Mm-hmm. It's really hard because <laughs> <laughs> enemies just keep rushing in, and the, like they will shoot over you, your units to hit her. Mm-hmm. So I had to. I opened up like Flash to just draw the grid out and like <laughs> figure out exactly how to position all my units, like one tile away from her in a circle, so that they couldn't just shoot over mine. Oh. So I just had this like this ring around her and like trying to figure out okay i've got this many units this many spaces i want to fill how do i you know have the best coverage right and i eventually so i did that and then i beat it the next try i was like okay that was actually kind of fun for <laughs> so, yeah how the how the fighting trees yeah the problem is i don't really like it as a tactics game i realized oh Oof. Oof. It, see that could have been the same grace yeah it could have been the same grace for the bad story huh because that's what, what i had to even figured out by the last podcast is where like I kept restarting because I was so desperately trying to enjoy the strategy part where yeah. I didn't want to just walk through it. But mm-hmm. then even then you kind of just walk through it because the problem is so like everyone plays this game, like not letting anybody die. And yeah. when you do that, you just end up with a bunch you, of super yeah, power. You end you... up with super units and it's literally a cakewalk. Yeah. Even on hard classic. I mean, I'm sure on Lunatic, the game will, like, completely have its way with you. Yeah. But I'm not that crazy for a first fucking playthrough. Because I see all these people, like, on the forums, you know, when you get into the min-maxing of, like, oh, you have to marry Krom to this person, so oh, Lucina will learn Gale Force. That lets her move again after killing an enemy, and it's a, the best skill pretty, in the game. Which is pretty grisly, right? Like, oh, matching, yeah. matching you two need to fuck <laughs> so that your kid can have this ideal skill. Yeah. So that they can be useful in combat. <laughs> it's pretty grisly. It, yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to engage with that at all uh, on even hard mode, where it's like, yeah, like, you level up, it's fine. You'll get well, skills. The fact that the level up points are kind of randomized is also a bummer. Yeah, that's like a thing that kind of like... That's, uh, like, I remember watching After 5 do a... Uh, it was a stream of, I can't, it was Radiant Dawn, and he was going yeah. for basically a perfect run, and it's literally like, if you get a level up and it's bad, reset. Oh, oh God. Oh, that's hell. Yeah, he did a whole playthrough like that, and it's just like, yo, God bless him, but man, that's, like, yeah. that's rough. <laughs> Nobody wants to sit there and do that. Apparently, people want to sit there and do that, though. <laughs> I mean, apparently they do, but it's just like, man, I can't imagine. Like, and it's fine, like, if you're watching that as a stream, and, the, like, because, you know, I'm there engaging with the stream yeah. and having a good time, but, like, oh, as, you were just as playing yourself, the yeah. game itself, as being the one that has to do that, oh, my God. Like, like when I was doing uh, the Persona 3 stream, someone mentioned that, like, if you, well, like, when you, there's a, there's a mechanic where if you use the bathroom during the day, you might end up in great condition, so you can go to Tartarus at night and be in top shape. <laughs> And they were like, well, if you don't get it, you can just reload. And it's just like, 
Dude, it would take literally a minute to a minute and a half to get back to doing mm. that again. Yeah. <sighs> My favorite thing is that the characters will comment on the level up. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, uh, if, it they, okay. if, they get, if they get like eight stats up, they're like, oh man, I feel amazing. I even impress myself. And like, the, the character that kept having the bad level ups was, of course, Sumia. Of course. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm at the end of the game and she levels up and like, ding, I only get like one stat up and she just goes, I can't do anything right. And I'm like, I'm <sighs> sorry, I love you, but. You're like, yeah, yeah. same. <laughs> Karen, she was like the character I insist. Like, basically, anybody... Towards the end of the game, I started letting characters die because I was kind of just trying to push through to the end. You're just over it at some point. So that was the real tragedy with this, is that I got through, like, 75% of the game, and right when the story got good is when I decided to be like, anyways, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just going to push through to the end. Oof. So, like, John asked him, like, so so did any of that land for you? And I'm like, not really. I was kind of just trying to beat the game on that Sunday. God. So like, so like, it's like the worst feel with any game ever is when it's just like yeah. I don't really feel anything about this. I just want to get it done. Yeah, because I, I definitely was never going to not finish it. But I was like, it's literally like every really? person that's ever played They Bleed Pixels. It's like I don't <laughs> care about this. I just want it done. Well, the that's one game I did drop. Podcast. Pardon? The Anti They Bleed Pixels podcast. That's the whole point. Yeah. So the thing I realized though is that because these are characters, having them die sucks, and you don't get anything out of it, like interesting story wise. No, it's just they have a thing they say, and that's it. They have one line of dialogue. They have a line of dialogue they say to make you feel bad. Yeah. So basically, at the end of the game, after you beat the whole thing, there's a whole like, like you know, at the end of like '80s comedy montage where it says like, and then they went on to do this, and then they this oh character went on to do this. Ever mine in Fire Emblem Awakening was basically empty because enough characters had died in the finale. Holy shit! And so even characters that don't actually die, like because all the women just retreat from battle because they still have to have kids, which is also <laughs> it's its own layer That's of really kind of fucked up. <laughs> so like all of them were like, oh, this character was killed in this battle. Oh, this woman was you know, retreated in this battle. So they're all empty, including Lucina's, which really bummed me out. Oof. Because the last battle is like, just completely fuck it. Where right. it's just like, here's the final boss, you're right in front of him, but then there's like a billion enemies spawning in constantly. Mm-hmm. So you and they rush. So I rushed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I got the boss down to like half health. Boy, am I completely fucked when these enemies get a turn. <laughs> and then a whole bunch of characters got offed. But then Ooh. not, you know, Krom and Rhett, so they just went and finished the game. And I'm like, oh, well. Like, it's more fun when, X- when XCOM does something like that because then it becomes your personal story. Yeah. Rather than there just being actual dialogue that you miss out on. Yeah, yeah. The other one thing that really bummed me out is that... The game makes it very clear that there are two endings depending on, on if Krom kills the final boss oh, or if Robin kills God. the final boss. So I'm watching that turn where everybody's getting, you know, ripped to shreds by the enemy, but I've got Krom and Rhett, Robin, right next to the final boss. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have 
Krom attack first, and he might get a crit. He might just do it. He might. But he but he's going to leave the boss with like 4 HP according to this if he doesn't crit. Oh, and then geez. Rhett will be able to finish the final boss and get the ending I want. Krom hits, doesn't get a crit. I'm like, okay, Rhett's going to do the thing. And I do the thing. And then the game goes into cutscene mode and the box pops up that says, let Krom get the final hit. Oh, that's so stupid! That's so, it's so, just so icky. It's, it's just so inelegant and awful. Because that's you guys the kind just... of thing where you could tie your story and your play together in a cool way, and then you just yeah. don't. They just literally don't. They just let you choose. And oh I was just really kind of deflated by that. That's... So I just I click no, I get the ending I want, but the one I should have already had earned. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that really... real fucking dumb. It's real goofy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think the huh. thing I just don't like about the strategy is that the enemies have no sense of self-preservation because the game just throws. Yeah, there are so many enemies in those them. games. They just kind of throw them at you in in big swarms, and they have very yeah. they have very easy to determine aggro uh, priorities. And once you know how to oh, yeah. game it, it's they, really easy. They kill your mages first, yep. then they kill the archers. Yeah. So I didn't just didn't use any mages or archers. <laughs> <clears throat> there's one where like I mean some of the final the later missions do get more interesting because at, at a point in, like the for the first kind of two thirds of the game you can really just tank a lot of it right just hang back and like funnel them into like a narrow area and just let them walk at you and then have you know your strongest characters just meat grinding them basically <laughs> like, the other thing is that like there's no area of effect stuff like at all period and I think that's kind of one of my favorite things in strategy games. It's like launching an attack on like the perfect set of tiles so that it hits all enemies, but none of your guys. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I was using all melee characters and like had no mages basically, except for Robin was yeah, also a little sa- made things very samey because just, okay, I'm just going to walk up to this thing and I'm going to have a spear, a sword or an ax. And yep. <laughs> Easy peasy. Easy peasy. And one of them beats the other, and the other beats the other, and the other beats the other. I guess, like, that, si- that system never seemed to really fully work like it wanted to. Huh. And they're still using it. I think they ditched it in three no, houses, I think, maybe? I think the new one actually doesn't have, have it. Hmm. That's probably I, for the best. The true tragedy of all this is, like, having kind of this real mediocre experience with this game, and then looking at three houses and be like, oh my god, it's so pretty! It's so pretty, pretty. It's pretty, but it suffers from a lot of the same dumb narrative bullshit. Like, I, I listened to a podcast that kind of elaborated on where that game goes narratively. And I was oh, like, but it's fully voiced. Yeah. It's I, long. That, yeah, well, it's really Is it really, really long, long if you do only one arc? It's still, it's still, much, really, it's still longer than Awakening. Really long. But it's also like, there's like three or four arcs in it. Yeah, I'm sure they're Only all one of them really, really matters, though. Ugh. Is that the one where you pick uh, the cool girl? I think so. Like all I know <laughs> is that like I like the, the podcast that I listened to said that one of the arcs is very important and includes a very important character that is very vital to the story, so they get a lot of screen time and development. The other arcs do not feature this at all, and it just feels really hastily thrown together. Huh. Cool. Awesome I've got to play the game three times to figure out which one. Poncho in chat says 80 hours, 80 hours for, for one arc. arc. Holy fuck. They may, 
it's like they've listened to the feedback from Fates, which was three games, and they said, okay, we're just going to put the three games into one this time, fine. Yeah, and then, like, Holy two of them are, aren't as good. But which two? You should ask which two. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, all I'd have to do is just queue up the podcast and understand, and, like, and like mm. hear it again, but I was just like, I don't oh, care God. about, I don't care about three houses in the least. Nope. Nope. I like Bernie. I'll I, enjoy the fan <laughs> art, and that's it. Yeah, Bernadetta hashtag, is great. Hashtag I like Bernie. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, so I can I, see myself playing that game in the future, though, but not right now. I'm a little gun shy right now. Yeah. I'm gonna. I just want to play the the GameCube one. I'll get there. At yeah. Some those point. are good. Those are good. Yeah. They so they don't do the thing where the story stops for um, three quarters of the game. Well. Oh. <laughs> Look, it's fu- it's fucking Fire Emblem writing, and it's terrible. What do you expect? All right, cool. I truly think that people have said that Three Houses has better writing. It's so long. It, I, it's a, I, it I literally, is... I can't believe a 150-hour game has an actual good story. <laughs> no, wait. I, I mean, if you that... make Trails in the Sky in the one game. I, put... I can't believe a 150-hour Fire Emblem game has a good story. <laughs> There. Okay, I that's can't yeah. Fire Emblem game adding some more qualifiers, story. so that definitely makes the situation a little better. I mean, apparently, Three Houses isn't really made by intelligent systems. Like it seems like I think it was Tecmo or I don't know some other sub company that did like the majority of it. Weird. It would take so much trust. I would have to build yeah. up with a dev. To and I have I have watched so much of that game to know that it's just like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I have I've seen like thirty seconds on YouTube and I went, Ooh, it's really pretty. Yeah, like I, I've watched uh people and stream it. Play. Uh friend Dolls is streaming it, um, uh, and I've been watching him play it and it's just like, Man, this is boring as fuck. Oh, but you can play it on the T V and not the fucking handheld system. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> <sighs> Oh so I'm not playing Three Houses. I did yeah. pick up another game though, and I didn't immediately realize the extremely funny coincidence. Oh no! I picked up Tokyo Mirage Session Sessions. Oh, Sharp Fe. Yeah. And then like five minutes in, I'm like, "Oh right, this is a Fire this Emblem, is a Fire Emblem Fuck! game." <laughs> I fucked up. I fucked up. Oh my god! <laughs> like I literally didn't even re- remember that part. <laughs> It makes the same level up sounds when you get a level like ding ding ding, and I think it's somewhat randomized too. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm not very far in this in this yet. This is why I'm kind of te- just tacking it on mm-hmm. because of one extremely funny moment. I go- I went into this game knowing like almost zero about it. I knew there's a girl named Subasa and she has glasses or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's basically my entire knowledge of that game That's going the, into like, it. That's our entire fucking. Uh, timeline when that game came yeah. out. It's such a weird prompt. It's the second thing they ask you. Yeah. They go, what difficulty do you, do you want to play on? Does Subasa wear glasses or not? You don't even know Subasa at this yeah, point. Yeah, you don't it's even know weird. who she is. <clears throat> you don't even get a picture for reference. And they let you change afterwards anyways. <laughs> but anyways, I go into this game like 99% blind. <laughs> and I get into the first dungeon and like there's the spec like you're being chased by like kind of specters mm-hmm. like these guys in like big robes and stuff and one of them like turns good because of the power of your song it's very <laughs> simple here 
Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, this is exactly the reason I thought you picked this game up. Like, yeah, why it, it finally it, won you over. Somebody said it's very much Simple Gear. <laughs> but anyway, so the, you turn one of the Spectres good, and he's kind of got this heavy cloak and some armor and, like, kind of glowing yellow eyes. Mm -hmm. So he's clearly not human-ish. And then he goes, oh, hi, I'm Krom. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the odds of me hitting the same character yeah. two games in a row was so fucking confusing. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was just like, oh, right. And then, like, because this is an older Wii U game, mm -hmm. like, I think Awakening was probably the most recent one at the point yeah. at the time. Yeah. So there's nothing from the newer ones. Definitely not. Three houses. Three houses. I don't think there's anything from Fates in here. Nothing from Fates, no. So then I looked it up, like, are there other Awakening characters in here? And there are. <laughs> and, there, and there are also characters I didn't use, which is kind of the bummer. Oh. Oh. Oh, you yep. didn't use you didn't use the the mean creepy mage girl that everyone likes. I never used Starja because every time I tried to field her, the enemies would just run up to her and kill her in one hit. <laughs> I literally couldn't use a mage in that game without them just dying immediately. But but you could just master everybody with your melee characters though. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have used Starja if I could just have her hide behind Robin, but Lucina was hiding behind Robin. <laughs> The other thing, one, okay, absolute final thing that I hate about Awakening mm -hmm. is that when the enemies get reinforcements, they will just f appear on the field and immediately get a turn and an attack. Oh, right. Oh, that's rough. It's so fucking bad. I don't understand it. I don't understand, like, how it is so mean with that. Where And the, the game loves to spawn on characters on, like, riding mounts. Yeah. Like, the flying mounts. And just have you them move, like, around it. Yeah, so they will just... They will just appear, move like eight spaces to wherever the fuck they want, and start attacking your back line and just kill people. And it's just like, what the fuck? So that's why I got so into tanking just like on the corner of the maps because you ain't gonna get me that way. Yeah. <laughs> and they will still, they will like spawn and then like automatically like reposition around you. Yeah. Like you can't spawn block them unless they're on stairs or something. Yeah, they've they've always it's, got a way to kind of to, to to spawn in. It's crazy. It's so um, mean. Um, he also pointed out something I'd never noticed, but there are no AOE spells, right? Yeah. So it's just all single attacks, basically. It's just been that way with Fire Emblem for a while, though. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm sure it's always true. been like that. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long. I think I think Red pointed out that it's always been like that. Yeah. It's just that. That you didn't like that as much compared with yeah. like tactics or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play the Joan of Arc SRPG. That's my, oh, that's Joan of Arc. That game's good. I liked it. Yeah, I'm really excited to play it. I've got to play it on my Vita. See, we've got our things. You say you say a game is like Simple Gear. I'll pick it up. You say a game is has Joan of Arc in it. John, I'll pick it up. <laughs> my my thing was like Idea Factory. I guess like I would uh, just keep trusting mm -hmm. them. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, you got Falcom. We all, and then we all have. Falcom. Now we have Falcom, so I will literally always trust Falcom. So that would mm -hmm. be my thing. I think I, your thing was like if they put a ninja in it. You're if they put a ninja in it, I'm probably gonna get it. That was another thing too. Yeah, I had a thing for ninjas for a long time. <laughs> Still do. Still do. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's my fire emblem journey i guess because <laughs> it's it's ongoing it's still ongoing uh, we've got like two ongoing sagas this season on the socks cast 
Fire Emblem Saga. We've got the A B. We've got the A and B storyline. <laughs> Jeez. Part of me when I beat Awakening was like, okay, now I need to actually go do the ending right and right. like not have everybody die. And I just don't give just a shit. Just don't give a shit. It's like when um I'm like when I was playing Cold Steel three and the game was whooping my ass and like at the end of a fight. I'd have three characters on the ground and, like, one character <laughs> limping through to the finish line. I was like, I could probably do that using less items. Or I could just continue on and not worry about it. Well, that's not going to affect the story, though, no. is the thing. No. But then I realized since I let characters die in, like, the prior two missions, like, they ain't that's coming back. That's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's especially brutal when it's, like, Oh, the husband died, and then the wife unit, you know, falls out, and then immediately gets one shotted, and so she's gone too. And I'm like, "Fuck!" Jeez, it's <laughs> always a bloodbath with you in those games. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I don't recall your XCOM games being as meat grindery. Uh, I mean, you tend XCOM... to see it, like like I've never really heard you have anything go completely tits up in the way that fucking Fire Emblem has fucking wrecked oh. you. It's not that a Fire Emblem wrecked me. I think it's just a, I have some screenshots of XCOM that it's like every single unit comes back like severely wounded. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that had the wounded mechanic, yeah. so you could actually recover from a, new, a unit getting their ass kicked because they didn't always die in Fire. They always die. Yeah, there's a huge difference there. Yeah. Like you only in XCOM, you only really lose units in like the first kind of third of the game mm-hmm. because. But once you start getting ranks, their odds to survive. They start go, getting like, like it's like they get an extra roll or something. To they see go drastic they up. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. drastic go up. Yeah, <laughs> you got a thirty-three third and a third chance mixed with a twenty-five percent chance. <laughs> Fucking Steiner math on my podcast. I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> you always do. I don't know. I just think having XCOM just feels way more organic about building that crew of like your six really strong characters that won't actually ever yeah. die. Yeah. Because I definitely lose a couple like in the first few missions, and you know you just move on at that point. You kind of have to. Yeah. So, Polly, Yo. what you been up to? Wait. What I ain't fucking been up to much. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Does, does, does having two teeth pull out of my head count? Yeah. Oh, only two? That's fun. Yeah, I've got to get the other two done later, probably this month. Oh, boy. Yeah. That was fun. It was good because um, I got to spend... I, got to, I, I realized that into the healing process, I was like, wait a minute. I can only eat soft foods. It doesn't matter if they're sugary or not. Motherfucker, I can eat yogurt <laughs> and ice cream for an entire day if I wanted to. And I fucking did! <laughs> I fucking did and it was glorious and that's like the only reason I'm looking forward to getting the other side taken care of it's like wait a minute I get to have another day of my choosing to just eat yogurt and ice cream dude I'm living the fucking life here and all and all it costs is having two things pulled out of my head that were hurting anyway mm. there you go let's see what else have I been doing does does uh, this does does trawling around like shady German websites looking for out of print original vinyl pressings count. <laughs> huh? Of, of what, Polly? Uh, a singer songwriter I grew up listening to uh, named Jim Croce. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I, I grew up like I grew up this is so old I grew up listening to it from my dad's collection and do any of you kids know what an 8 track tape is I no. know what it is kind of I did not yeah, like like <laughs> I have, uh, I still have it too. Is a is this big blue tape uh, of uh, Jim Croce's Life and Times album, and I just kind of always kept it, obviously, because it was it was important part of my musical growth. And uh, I think it's like it, it's kind of cool to pull out a thing and say, "Look at this thing from 1972. <laughs> this thing is old." <laughs> um, but. Um, given that he's kind of one of my favorite singer-songwriters, and I, st- I mean, I have all of his material on uh, CD and stuff, so it's like it's not a big deal. But like, I want vinyl pressings because vinyl, like, like especially with old music like that, like you want that to have the warmest kind of feel that you can get to it. And given that he's largely like a kind of like soft folk rock artist that is largely acoustic, you want that sounding real good and warm. Um, and so what I've been trying to do is track down original pressings from like 1972, 73. Um, and like the U.S. pressings, which is like, oh, shit, are those like 70 bucks pop, 80, 90? Yeah. Fuck, I can find a German one for $16 and it's and it's wrapped and, and the quality's good. Fantastic. Let's do that. Um, but yeah, like... Um, that was one thing that I got into. So yeah, I'm still trying to track down, still trying to track down a copy of I Got a Name. If anybody's got it, um, and I don't want, um, I don't want a modern pressing because uh, for some reason, for some reason, they loudness warded this shit when they mastered oh it to when they remastered his shit to vinyl, and it makes they me. They loudness warded. They compressed oh. it, so there's no dynamic. Like so, there's no <sighs> dynamics in acoustic recording. Oh my like, god! It just sounds terrible. It's just like I don't want that. So that's why I'm trying to find original pressings of all of his albums. And the only one that I don't have right now is I got a name. I was able to find uh, the other four, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the one that I just picked up is uh, the German pressing of uh, "You Don't Mess Around with Jim." And yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, that's the only. Th- that, that's uh, something only I will care about. So uh, let's see what else. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It never occurred to me that they would loudness wars an out like a f- record. Yeah, like like that just seems like so so ill informed to why people buy those things. Yeah, now. yeah. Like I went to look them up because I had noticed that they were repressed. Per, I think back in 2012, I want to say. And when I looked up the reviews on them, people were like, "Yeah, they just loudness wore this shit. They compressed it. It's way louder than the original pressings. Like mm. the songs don't have any dips or valleys. It's just a fucking sound brick. It's like that is not how I want to fucking listen to that that music because it's it's very warm. It's very intimate music, and that is exactly how I want it to sound. So yeah, so that's been a fun little adventure." Yeah. If anybody out there has got a copy of I Got a Name from 1973, you want to <laughs> unload, give me a call. <laughs> Shoot me an email. <laughs> um, Let's see, what else? I played... That's what I can ask my mom, because she has oh, all these, vi- like, 75 old vinyls. Hey, you know what? I, I will pay her for it. All right, what, what, what would you call it? It was um, I Got a Name. I Got a Name uh, by yeah. Jim Croce. Jim Croce. Cool. I actually have a bunch of albums in the basement. I 99% don't think this one is in here. Probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
That's good stuff. Uh, I played a, a game by one of our new friends. Ooh. Ooh. I streamed it, actually. Uh, oh, good. Tell, I played through a cute little itch.io game by June Flower called Remnants. Um, this is a cute top-down RPG maker game where you run around this place that's been kind of just abandoned and dead. Um, and it's got that adventure game thing going on, kind of like... Um, uh, kind of like I, the Somnium Files did, where literally everything is clickable and there's dialogue for fucking everything. Mm. That is this game. If like if you come to games for that kind of exploration and you want to like get your explore on, this is the game to absolutely do it. John, drop a, a link to the in the chat. Sure thing. To while you're at it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the cool thing about this game is, and the draw of it is its art style. Um, it is. Absolutely labored over uh, mm. pixel art. Like every screen is a unique piece of art. Um, RPG Maker typically works in a tile based system where you tile up a room, like you tile up a room, and those tiles usually have, um, you know, the collision code and stuff already set in, or you can just set that. And, and, and things obviously look and repeat in the same ways that you would expect from a 16 bit RPG. This game uses a different system, however, where it only uses tiling for collision, and it's that collision is then overlaid over June's art. So mm. every every screen is its own unique piece of art. So and, and there are some animated objects in the world that are um, made in the game, uh, but uh, for the most part, everything in the game is its own unique create. Like when I got to the mm. the motherboard room in particular was where I was just oh. kind of like, you pixel by pixeled every single fucking part of this? It is absolutely insane. It's just, but it, it lends the game to having it's a very unique look and it's always exciting to go to a new room. Uh, not only because of you're, you're learning more about what's going on, but just like, what's the next cool piece of art to get on, you know, that I get to look at. Um, I think in particular the best the best moment of of that night was riding down an elevator and ending up in John Thire Hornyland, where it's just like, <laughs> oh look, body horror. Okay, I know what we're at. There's fucking teeth and mouths and guts mm. everywhere. Um, dog, like I was on floor one like an hour ago, and it was just like skateboards and pop cans. What the fuck? <laughs> and doesn't like lean too hard on it. Like no, it doesn't. It's not subdued. like. It's very cool. There is a tone with which this character is observing the world around them that really kind of keeps it from kind of like being a horror game or anything like that. Um, it's not like 100% whimsical, but it's also not like uniform. Like it's it, it's a very yeah. it's a very good tone for rats. Yes, rats. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good tone for for what they were going for and and, and kind of gives you like the character Get you get a little uh, a bit of the character uh, from all of those interactions that they have because it's just you and the environment and kind of soaking all of that in as you kind of trudge toward the ending, um, and it's it's an ending, like I saw the ending coming. Uh, I'll admit mm. I saw the ending coming, but it was it was still pretty satisfying uh, as an overall experience. Just kind of like living in that world, immersing yourself into someone's art. Um, it just so much of it at once because it's just literally like this game is almost just an art gallery for what mm. they're capable of as pixel artists. And mm -hmm. I think that this game, like even if you only play it for that, I think this game is definitely worth looking at 
just from that point of view. Uh, like, if you want to just kind of be dazzled by some really fucking pretty pixel art, like, this is a game to go for. Like, I've not played a game that I thought was just, like, this charming and pretty and so super consistent in its art style and just this dedication for everything to be a unique asset is just, like, yeah, like, like that's really strong. And, um, yeah, just, like, uh, to, overall, top to bottom, the package is really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of cool tricks there that to make it feel like a place and not just a picture. Yes. Like we, we observed a bunch of those, like little sound effects, little changes with your sprite. Yep. Um, foreground elements mm-hmm. and all of course, and all the text, of course, that just makes it like an interactive. Every little thing is interactable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, it's really smart. Yeah. It's one of my favorite, like, just kind of like, here's an explory place, go have fun. And like, even if the narrative may not land for most, like, I still think that, again, like, just because it has such a tremendous and unique identity, it's worth it just to kind of experience that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's free. And it's free. And, like, it, I think that, like, playing things like this is also really good if you're trying to get into RPG Maker development yourself and you want an idea of, like, what good maps are. Holy shit, this is a game full of real good fucking maps. They're such pretty maps. They're pretty maps. They're very well put together. They're they they feel good to move around in. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just over. It's so smart, top to bottom. I really like it. It's uh, mm-hmm. remnants. Check it out yep. on itch.io. Hey Polly. Yo. I was jealous after that stream. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I felt jealous. But I was like, I went into that. I played Remnants right before the stream, and I was like, I hope June's okay. It's gonna be okay because you know Polly doesn't really like weird oh, no! RPG Maker games. You know, she just doesn't like those. You know, oh, so no. I'll, I'll you know I'll get I'll compliment June. It'll be okay. But then you you really liked it, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that means, Polly? It means it's not that you don't like weird artsy RPG Maker games. <laughs> it's that you didn't like mine. <laughs> Well, the, <laughs> see, you see, June's game, while also being housed at RPG Maker 2003, has no combat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't use RPG Maker's 2003's bad combat system. I'm sorry. It's a big difference. <laughs> There's a big difference. Like, this is a game where it's explory, it's contemplative, it's very pretty, and it ain't got RPG Maker 2003's <laughs> battle system. And it doesn't have door mazes. It doesn't have door mazes. I was or waiting other, for some kind really of door any maze. other mazes. I was waiting for some kind of arbitrary puzzle or some Teleporter weird maze. Teleporter nope. maze. Nope. It's restrained and classy the whole time. It's super fucking. It's super fucking fantastic. It actually. is so good. Love this game. I think it's great. So I threw myself into my project I hadn't touched in a couple months. I was like, I'll I'll show you. So I've got my new spite motivation. There you go. Look, man, sometimes spite motivation is all you need. Oh, it's one of the best ones. It's honestly. one of the best motivations ever. Oh, it's one of the best ones. Yeah. Don't. I don't thought you're gonna that. say. Yeah. I thought you're gonna say like feeling jealousy though because artistic ability something we all lack. Yeah. No, specifically because yeah, I'm I'm gonna, like... I got a real case of pixel envy. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing. I played it earlier than that. It was fine. I was like, "Oh, this is lovely. I love this. This mm-hmm. is so cool." And so you then played it, was, it, was it twice before version. my stream. That I, yeah, I played it before the stream. Oh, okay. So I, could, I, I wanted to experience it for myself, kind of, and mm-hmm. then get your 
your uh, vibe on it. Because uh, uh, I, I didn't know that you had played it before you played it. I played it that day, like literally, like oh, oh so that was when you first played it. Yeah. Okay, day. I thought I thought that you replayed it before my stream to get yourself into the right mood. Mm-hmm. No, I no, I, no. Just, so that I, was your I, first time. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I had a really good time. Yeah, with it. I really liked it a lot. It's super good. It's super good. Mm-hmm. Don't take any of that like in any way. Actually. Oh, Sound absolutely not. It's very funny. Yeah, I, I, I think like, that. I just feeling? love that you going <laughs> into that stream was just like, don't worry, I'll be the one to make sure <laughs> that June feels okay. Yeah, that June's gonna be okay under this harsh <laughs> criticism of very stupid Polly who only knows how to press a button to shoot things and can't appreciate fucking words. <laughs> Can't appreciate the the word RPG Maker game. Obviously, <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> it was very funny. I was like, "Oh God, she! Oh, she! Oh, she really likes this, actually. Oh, oh shit! No. <laughs> oh no! Nice. Like you, like you're fucking. <laughs> I would love to see a graph of your entire mood from the start of that stream <laughs> to the fucking end." <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the next one does have fighting. I'm sorry. <laughs> As fighting, I'm leaving in the ATB thing so you can set it to wait. So it's nice, it's a little bit nicer. I'm gonna All make right. it not quite as in your face like immediately fast. I was gonna, gonna make much, it a child's video game. It's gonna be a much smoother curve. So maybe maybe you'll vibe with it. I don't, All right. If you don't, it's fine. I don't care. I don't care. I'm making this for me. That's cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you, June, for making a lovely game. Yes, thank you, June, for making a lovely game. It's been a pleasure getting to know June over the course of having just, like, having met on the podcast the last time. Mm. Saying, man, we sure hate Katana Zero, that game you really like. <laughs> I felt so bad for that. Like, I oh know. No, like, I can't it's like their the first stream right here, and they're just like, oh, hey, hi, welcome to the stream. I'm going to shit all over everything you love. <laughs> And then your game, of course, because I don't like RCRPG makers. Yeah, like, I totally would never like that. <laughs> I'm going to stream this and make fun of it. That's what the cool kids do, right? I didn't do, expect right? that. I expected you to, like, have that kind of, like, all right, I'm going to keep being nice, but, you know, it's not really my thing. It's not really my jam, but, you know, mm. it's, I'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep imagining you sitting there, that smile on your face shrinking every second. Like with every new room I go to, just a little more frowny John. <laughs> and not knowing what the feeling was. Yeah, like, not like understanding it. Like something, I don't understand. Something's happening here and I don't know how to process all of it right now. <laughs> Life is good. What else you you've been doing, John? What else you we doing? are doing a podcast? We are John. doing a podcast. Yeah. Oh, as much actually... as I would love to be regaled by your tales <laughs> of the tea that you drink, um, um, that there's, was there's there's business to be taken care of. Yeah, that, that was the content. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that, was that was the that, content. That was the kind of digression that our listeners are here for. <laughs> oh, That's absolutely. What I'm sure. Well, they're going to be talking about the classic John drinking lemon with his tea bit. Oh <laughs> man. Like every episode. Twenty years lit. Twenty years later, man. They're gonna be People like, gonna look back at that. they to be like, yeah, I felt that. I felt mm -hmm. that. I felt that in my in my bones. Yep. That was the truth of John's T words. Um, let's start with a video game. 
Okay. And then reel them in and then back them <laughs> Reel them in before you toss them overboard. See, I like any time that I talk about music, I'm doing it fucking wrong. Because I always <laughs> talk about the music first, and then they're like, oh, fuck, I'm out of here. <laughs> and then, yeah, you're probably handling this podcasting a little smarter than I am. Um, I just wanted to note that I'm about 15 hours into Tales of Vesperia. I, I literally have... <laughs> for like the last, Everybody. For the last week... Or more. It's for the last week or more. I have my PS4 in standby on the title screen for that game. <laughs> oh, jeez. I have like three friends playing it. It's like everyone decided, like, well, this is it. Yeah, like it, I will be joining those ranks. Words. I will be joining those ranks, including multiple friends where it's their first Tales game, which is true for me. Mm. I've never touched. A, I've never touched a Tales game. I mm. never booted one up, even mm. like. I barely looked at footage of any of them. Like, I, if you told asked me to describe a Tales game, I would have been <laughs> at a loss. Uh, like, there you're in an arena, little action fighty bit. Mm-hmm. That's that's Tales, I guess. Yeah, so, I, guess, I mean, so I guess why? that's kind of its its claim to fame is usually yo, we got anime stereotypes and um, <laughs> an action battle system kind of thing. Yep, uh, that's okay. that was my understanding. Yeah, right. So why Vesperia and why now for, like, a bunch of people? Yeah, because I feel like when you consider our group, I feel like Berseria and Symphonia come up way more and are more mm-hmm. fondly yeah. remembered. Um, Symphonia is difficult to play. Yeah. Um, the PS3 version halves the frame rate, I think. Yeah, and um, the PC and version PS3. is screwed up. And the PC version sucks. You basically uh, have to emulate the GameCube version. <laughs> Yeah, that that was my option, and I just came off of Devil May Cry, where like the uh, just fucked me in a really subtle way. Uh-huh. So now I'm like I'm kind of distrustful until I at least until I get my new uh, SSD in. Right. Uh, so, so was there not like Vesperia HD collection release or something? Yes, there yeah, was. Yeah, that, that oh, just okay. came out last Tales year. Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition for PS4. Okay, so that's why Switch. I got yeah. a bunch of attention all of a sudden. Yes. Which version are you playing? Uh, PS4, because it feels good, oh, like the Switch. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I, I like how the PS4 feels and my PS4 feels. It's just very. No, I thought you soft. might just be like, and I'm playing it on PS3, the original version. <laughs> no, no, dude, that's 360. Yeah, that no, was I that couldn't. weird fucking edge case where it was just like it only came out on Xbox 360, but PS4 what? was where all the RPGs were. Mm-hmm. Like that, and uh, for a while, Star Ocean th- uh, Four was only on 360. Weird. They took still, out mo- they took out all the anime art. art. <laughs> they took out all the anime <laughs> art for the 360 version. What? <laughs> yeah, fuck it for the for for uh, the third uh, Star Ocean game or the fourth one. They they brought when they brought it over, and it was only on 360. They also took out all the anime art. Did they replace it with anything? Or 3D, just take it out? 3D models. Oh god! Like really bad headshots of 3D models and shit for your like your menus and title screens and shit. It looked awful. It's like the NES box art of the era. Yeah. God, that's funny. So, uh, Star Ocean is funny because that literally just started as a bunch of tales of Fantasia devs being like, well. Fuck you, Namco. We we don't like how you handle this. We're gonna go we're, do our own thing. We're gonna go make a a, a much worse series. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, spite is such a good motivator. <laughs> so I was looking at Star Ocean stuff, and I was like, listen, reading this fan rundown of the series, and there's like, and this, uh, what's Sakuraba? 
Sakur- and Sakuraba, who also does music for the Tales series, um, does all the music for Star Ocean. And while he usually just phones it in for Tales, he always brings his A game for Star <laughs> Ocean. <laughs> And I was like, there's a salty fan. There you go. There's how you spot a side of a fandom fan. Uh, here's how you spot somebody that's taking a side in a fandom war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone who's very, it was like a Hardcore Gaming 101 article. So it's always, it was like very oh, neutrally no. written, like painfully neutrally. Oh, but then sliding that in, like, they're so bad. <laughs> just letting that little bit of voice, authorial voice in there. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then Tom, well, they aren't wrong. That's funny. Um, so ta- there's a bunch of things about Tales that um, I have to kind of fiddle, figure out, mm-hmm. and had to figure out. Um, the fighting is not as like action strict as like eases. No, no. Like you're not learning Mega Man patterns. No. And dodging around them, you are taking damage. You are taking hits. You are, and then hitting back with your sword. It's an it's a it is an RPG fighting system. That is action with action paint. Yeah. Um, for the most part, like there's still some action bits to it that are cool, but, um, but that's kind of the the first big thing kind of hump I had to get over was like whenever I was taking hits, I was like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, yeah. Like it is uh, feasible that up? you could play that game and block most of the hits if you wanted to, but I just like it just makes things so slow and enemies kind of collapse under even the mo- the littlest bit of aggro. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what was my. That's been my experience with it. Um, and then when I have fought bosses, I'll be like, "All right, attack, 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 block." To your attack, 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 block, and then I'll manual cancel into the block because I'm extra cool. <laughs> um, and then I'll like look up their weakness, and then if they have the weakness, I'll turn off all. Turn of them. off all of the right spells and yep. stuff for your AI. Yeah. Yep. I got stuck on one boss early on, and then I was like, "Oh, let's see, what what am I doing wrong?" And I looked at a guide, and it said, "Do that," and I was like, "Oh." Okay, I get it now. Mm. So then I was able to. I, I get sucks that I didn't just figure that out, but like now nah, I'm okay. I get it. Um, so I've heard people say that the AI in these games is typically bad, but like my experience with Symphonia, uh, Grace's F, and and Berseria, like I've found that the AI is pretty good at taking care of itself if you set it up well and you tailor it to your condition and not just kind of forget that they're there. Like, if you alter your strategies, you enable and disable certain attacks and stuff. Like, yeah, if you're actively doing that, I've always found that uh, Tails AI is typically pretty good at taking care of itself. And you. I mean, I haven't had any, I haven't had any issues with it. Yeah. Um, so the fighting feels good. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun to... It just feels nice to whack stuff. Um, I like that the limit break is just, we took out your attack cooldown, so you can just wail on the Yeah, you just go fucking nuts. <laughs> Yep, it's like now you now your combo can just keep going forever. Um, so the story is very slow. Yeah, this is like a, a character game, from what I gather. That's my understanding of it. Is like we are introducing meticulously introducing this cast and setting up a conflict that will pay off much much later. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the characters are charming. The game just is completely charming across the board to there's, me. Like, I love that, all of them. There's that pirate girl I saw a picture of, and she seems really cool. She's adorable. She sounds oh, so fun. All... I, love, I, love all the, I love all the girls. I love all the boys. They're all great. I love Yuri. He's a great little project. I want Yuri to absolutely destroy me. Sexually. <laughs> He's very confident. Whew. 
He's very confident and he's very nice. Like my favorite, I think my favorite interactions in the game are him and the, um, the cowardly boy, the little cowardly boy. And I forgot his name. Mm. Um, but he's just like subtly, like he pokes fun at him. Um, the boy, his main character trait is like running from monsters and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and he's like pokes fun at him. And he's also like subtly very encouraging. Mm. Um, and it's very paternal in a way that's very like warmly paternal. Not not what you typically get out of um, male uh, RPG protagonists. Yeah, just like <laughs> kind in a subtle, meaningful way. And yeah. He's like that. He's not that specific vibe with everybody, but he's like that with everybody. Where he's just very kind, yeah. subtly. Like, uh-huh. Tails' tale, protagonists usually come in the flavors of, like, Naive, Simpleton, and, like, Chosen One. So, yeah. Yuri is like very different um, in that regard. Cool. And I like his contrast with Flynn. Mm. Um, he he quit being a cop. Fl- Yuri quit being a cop because he didn't feel like he was making the changes that he wants. And then Flynn kept being a cop yeah. so he could make the changes from the inside. And that's the conflict. It's like your standard Ramza Delita conflict. Yep. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm. It just comes down to whether they stick the land, whether they like deliver on these setups. Because like everything I'm saying, the story's slow and boring. It's just introducing all these characters. Mm-hmm. It all applies to trails. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. I'm not, ex- and I'm not expecting mm-hmm. it to hit that hard. I don't That's, think it's going to. I don't think that you no. can expect that from. Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll say that Tales of Berseria is the only trails story that's actually made me feel anything mm-hmm. i think that they they set up that game to have an emotional arc though and it's very caught co- you very cognizant of where that story's going um mm-hmm. whereas what i get from vesperia is it's not really so much about the story it's really just like the characters and kind of enjoying palling around with these people yeah. which, which i think berseria has too because it has a very small cast Mm-hmm. Of like five or six characters, and nice. they, they and they get along in ways that make a lot of sense for them to bounce off of each other. So if like if Vesperia is even half as good at that kind of bouncing the ball around dialogue wise, I'll probably have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I just I just want it to be like like it doesn't need to like be super impress me. I just want it to be like functional at the end. Yeah, just like don't fart and shit and piss all over yourself at the end. It's all you gotta do is just don't yeah. shit and pee it or fart it. Yeah, I, 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 I remembered a friend shitting on Tails games, mm-hmm. and then I remembered the same friend loving Final Fantasy XV, and then oh, I was just like, where do you get what? off? What? <laughs> what? Where do you get off? <laughs> now, wait a minute. Where do you get off thinking you're too good for Tails? Come on, Because I was playing, I was just playing, it's like, it's just together and nice, and I love these characters, and then Final Fantasy XV just repeatedly shitting the bed in all these different ways but not at the end that's the one thing i want to say the best part of final fantasy 15 is the ending yeah it is but still they don't they they landed they landed in a way it doesn't deserve they landed in a way it doesn't deserve it's it's like a weird dumpster exciting dumpster fire game that i appreciate that i really enjoyed playing Mm -hmm. but then like tales it's like okay you're just you're doing, you're doing little RPG, and you're good at it. I'm having a good time. I want to. I hope that you can kind of keep that energy. It's also long. Um, I think it's going to be like 40 hours or so, and that's my that's my big 
probably stumbling block with these is that they seem to almost all hold be like that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Abyss is maybe the story that seems the most outwardly appealing to me. I think Abyss has a real cool story, but it really hinges on something that happens mid-game. And whether you're going to like it or not. Like, that is... There is something that happens, and it's just like... It's an instant on and off switch for anybody playing that game. (laughs) I have never seen anybody have a mild reaction to what happens there. Holly, when we finish, I want you to tell me. Okay. Because I'm never playing these games, no offense. Okay. (laughs) Um... Because that one's just a character study about a shitty dude becoming good. Yeah, that's as my as yeah. I understand it. So yeah. that sounds appe- that sounds appealing to me because it's like they're doing a very purposeful little story. Mm. Um, and then this is more like it's a good vibe. Yeah, just got it's just a nice vibe. It's a vibe. Vibe along with it, y'all. Just vibe with it. Vibe Jack. the flow. So I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping, you know, worse. It's funny seeing all the points of continuity with this in Ease Eight because there are so many. Like, even the way they, like, introduce and develop characters feels similar. Mm. And then the cooking and all the little systems and the scenes, the conversations. Yeah. The, 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 like, skits are, are what a lot of people come to uh, trail or Tales for as well. Is like, the skits, mm-hmm. the skits are really where you get a lot of palling around dialogue, where I, I think that a lot of the character stuff opens up. Uh, and a lot of it can be real kind of cheesy and kind of bad. But then there are, like, genuine moments where it's like, oh, that was actually really sweet. Where they, like, they couldn't find a way to work that kind of interaction into the context of a scene or a big production. But it's there, if you, want, but it's there if you want to have this little skit and, like, yeah. And, like, Berseria really went all out with the skits because, like, the art style and the way they use transitions and stuff in that one are, like, really visual novel-like. So Huge. they're Because like, it's already so cute and yeah. superior with the little square portraits that yeah. jump around. They're like, real, like, they're, like, full animated portraits and stuff for the skits in Berseria. <laughs> it's, like, really good. Like, it it makes me wonder what they're doing uh, with Tales of Arise. Yeah, that's interesting. That's 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 the real thing. Is that I just hope I like this because if I do, I just have a treasure trove of like nice, fun RPGs I get to check out. Like that isn't that isn't that nice? And it all kind of hinges on do I all right? Do I like what you're selling? I don't know yet. I think that Vesperia is like if they're gonna sell you that series, that's probably mm-hmm. the one to put out front and, and to make customer sample. I would say. Mm-hmm. So I think you, you you're definitely taking this series on best foot forward. Cool. Because I think that, like combat wise, it seems there. a bit more it seems a bit more satisfying than even though I prefer the narrative of Berseria. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Um, a couple non-game things we can go over them faster. Okay. I finished the Reckoners trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. Um. So this is one of his YA series. So it's much quicker, re- much quicker reads. Um, this is the guy that wrote Mistborn, yeah, The Way of yeah. Kings. Um, the 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 guy that made me love reading again because he writes anime. Yeah, basically, um, yeah. Because I didn't know that books could be anime. Books can be anime. Huh? <laughs> well, John, like visual novels. What? Come on, hello. Exactly. It's like there. I thought it was just visual novels, but nope, nope. Books can be anime. Books too. can actually be visual novels too. Books can be as good as visual novels. <laughs> So they're just the, the, so they're visual novels without the visual part. They're just novels. You know how basically you know how visual novels have like the best action of anything when they're good. Is my is my sort of takeaway when I'm thinking of like Fate uh-huh. State Night or whatnot, and there's just the best action. Sanderson's the other best action, where it's just like very high stakes, very clear, cool rules. Um, actions have consequences when you do amazing things. It, there's a cost to it, mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's not just dumb fireball fighting. It is like very thought through so that when cool shit happens, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can appreciate that kind of writing. Yep. Um, so the Reckoners trilogy, um, I read the first one a year ago, and then I read the second one, and then I immediately started and then finished the third one. Mm. <laughs> like the day a day later. So I was once I got back into that story, I was like, gotta see this one through to the end. Um, and it, the premise is that it's a world where superheroes arrived like people started becoming superheroes and having superpowers Mm -hmm. and every single person that got superpowers turned evil just like right murderous well it makes sense okay it's it's like boy that fucking is that that like a little on the nose (laughs) yeah so the whole premise of the series especially like that first book is regular people having to fight against these people with over-the-top comic book superpowers right right um, like, so there's a scene in the start of the second book where there's this lady that can turn into electricity <laughs> and they're fighting in a city where everything was turned to steel. Oh, by, and so she can turn into electricity and basically teleport anywhere in this city. And then, and of course she can blow people up with the zappy powers. And it's just this one guy running around. <laughs> no, it's, it's a team like fighting this one superhero trying to take her down. And she's like, they walk. They like lead her into a building that where everything's turned to steel. So she just like walks into a wall, turns into electricity, and fades through. Oh, and it's geez. this very visceral, immediate image that I can just see it in my head as a shonen anime. Yeah. And that's this whole. Sh- that's this whole fucking book trilogy is just like the best shonen anime. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. It sounds fun. And it and it completely delivers on. And it just has constant like. There's one action scene where it's the the regular guy fighting a lady who can shrink really little or get really big and anything she touches can shrink and turn really big so he like shoots her and then the bullets, the bullets. shrink as, oh as my... they hit her god that's so good <laughs> and he like punches her and then as he punches her um he shrinks and then she starts trying to stomp on him i want <laughs> okay i think i need to read this it's so fun and like I said, they're they're YA, so they read real quick. Yeah, and yeah. and the authorial voice is very funny. It's first person, and one of his gimmicks is that he keeps making very silly metaphors for everything. I love. I I am a big fan of narrative mm. voice and and the ways that that can be uh, used to have fun with your writing. Obviously, <laughs> I am a big fan of that. Um, I think the books keep getting better as they go along. Like mm-hmm. I liked Steelheart a lot, mm-hmm. um, but I was very cognizant of it being like, okay, this is sort of like um, first Mistborn, right? Right. Like this is Mistborn, but for small, uh, younger audience. Oh, and I was like, okay. And then the second and third were like, okay, we're gonna do our own thing now. <laughs> and so the first one is still a complete blast, and then it just gets better and better. And when it climaxes, it goes. Every every time I was finishing, I was like, "Deep in the Sanderson climax, y'all!" Because every one of his books, it's either if it's one of the big, eight hundred pages ones, and it's the last two hundred pages, is just knocking down all these dominoes he set up. And it, every time, it's very satisfying. And with these, it's like the last eighty pages. Oh shit! Just fucking how nails is, it. How are there only sixty pages left? There's still so much. And he does it. <laughs> and he just does it right every time. And it's like he has a he has limitations to his voice. Because of how he builds the stories, yeah. But within the if, well, if you accept how that those limitations, then I think he just delivers on what he can do just every single time. And he's written like thirty books. That's 
that's oh boy that's a lot. happy yeah so this is a good entry point i think because it's very just very fun i um, and, and breezy mm-hmm. um i think there's probably maybe a little bit of the genders especially with like the first book and i think it kind of helps transcend that a little bit as oh, it goes along i see i see um but yeah these are i re- recommend it steel hearts the first book mm-hmm. um, i recommend them for like nine bucks on amazon Nice. Um, that, hey, that's an easy. That's an easy to make. Uh, that yeah, that's an easy to make risk there. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing, I'm going a little long, but mm-hmm. I think y'all will be appreciative appreciative of this. Right. Um, I've been kind of on a prog deep dive. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, it started off with, so like a year and a half ago, I listened through to Act Two by the Deer Hunter, mm-hmm. and I was just like, meh. Oh. It just sounds like every other prog. I don't. I don't. Like, I don't like this. <laughs> Look how flashy and showoffy I am. I can really play this here twiddling stick. Oh, this is. <laughs> it's like seventy minutes long. It's like it's really long, and I just keep and it's all this prog stuff. I don't care. I don't like this. <laughs> Songs back, don't need to be longer than a minute thirty seconds. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's very strict. Um, just big man with a gun. That's all you need. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then I listened to Act to Deer Hunter again, Act Two, because I knew it was a one that Red really liked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "All right, let's give it a shot," because I've liked a lot of Red commendations. Red commendations. <laughs> like I really liked Origin of Symmetry, yeah, um, nice. and a couple others. Um, and I listened to it again, and I was like, "Oh, oh, there's a lot of this is pretty show tunesy." Oh yeah, hell <laughs> yeah! Like there, there, there is so much show tunesy influence in the Deer mm-hmm. Hunter. There's. I'm not hard to please. You can get me into your, you can get me into your children's TV series. You can get me into your prog album. It, right. Whatever works. <laughs> Worked with Devin Townsend too. Yes. Devin Townsend. Um, so I listened through Act Two a good bit, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I like this." And then I listened through Act One, mm-hmm. and it's half as long. Yeah. Um, and it leans even harder into the show tunesiness. Yes. And then I was like, oh, "Okay." And then I went from like Act One into Act Two, and then I was like. Oh, okay, now I'm kind of vibing with what you're doing here a little more. Now I'm, I think I'm getting it. Yeah. So I think that's what I needed was to kind of ease into it more with that intro album. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think because they're that, both great. Yeah, I think that definitely kind of helps the experience feel a little more cohesive and not so just immediately mm-hmm. blasting you in the face with uh, yeah. what they're doing. With the 60, 70 minute album. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, a 70 minute album is a lot to fucking deal with. It's a lot to wrap your head around, especially if you're dealing with something progressive. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it's not not clean, immediate, obvious choruses, not clear hooks. Yeah. It is, you, you have to let it wash over you a bit, and you have to kind of figure out the, the arcs it's taking you on. Um, hey, John. Yeah? There's three more. There are I know, three I, more. I, I did already... I already listened to Act Three a couple times. I still yeah. need more time to vibe with it. It's just I have a treasure trove yeah. of, of good. I think to Act to. Four is still the best. Um, nice. I love oh, Two. I love Two and Three to fucking death. But man, Act Four is so good. Huh? See, I, Act Three is the one that kind of misses for me for some reason. Mm-hmm. But then I think Four and Five are Chef's Kiss was perfect. Like I need to. Like I think that I need to kind of give Five. Yeah. a little more of a chance because like when it came out i i just didn't like it at all and i've not it's really so re- weird because i've not really four and five are like since. the same album to me <laughs> see, that's weird because like i feel that like 
five is like the name of five is like hymns hymns with the devon hymns with wow i just had, a, I just had, a, I just had a stroke while having a podcast <laughs> jesus christ hymns with the devil in confessional and it's very much like it leans into like it's very hymny Ooh. Whereas Rebirth and Reprise is very much like, hey, I'm a fucking rock album. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. I can see vibing with that. Mm. Um, so I really, I really connected with that. I went back and dug out my Proto Men Spotify <laughs> playlists after not touching them for like four or five years um, because this was extremely my shit in high school. Oh yeah, or not. yeah. I definitely remember you and Proto Men. Oh yeah. Um. So I think I have it in my head right now that it's not that the proto men aren't cool. I don't know if that's based on anything. It might just be like a couple people in the social I, group being I not don't, liking them. I don't really like them. Yeah, it might ju- it might just be you again. <laughs> just like it's probably just me. Polly's opinions blowing up in my yeah. brain. <laughs> I, I fucking love Act Two. It's mm-hmm. so good. I told I told you this already, but when me and Polly got into Deer Hunter, I started making a bunch of Act Three jokes mm-hmm. because I I think Act Three Deer Hunter was out, but obviously Act Three for Proto Man was not out and still is out. And they are, I checked and they are apparently still working on it, like a decade later. Great, okay. a bunch of shows. Um, I listened through their Queen live album and I actually really liked it. It was a good oh, time. Interesting. I I really like their cover album. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to that one yet. I'm excited. Yeah, it's fun. Um, it seems like they just needed a big old break from the, like, it makes me wonder if they just needed to escape the gimmick entirely. Well, I mean, that's the, the same thing with, uh, Coed and Cambria's The Color Before the Sun is, mm-hmm. it's an album that's not married to either the Afterman or the Amory Wars concept. And it's just like, mm-hmm. l- like, let's just write some fucking songs and, and, and Guys, let's just write out. some fucking songs. Yeah. And it's not tied to any of the concept. And like, even though I think that it's probably the weakest Coheed album, I understand why it had to happen. And like, yeah. You know, Sometimes artists need to, you need to kind of be pulled away from that headspace a bit sometimes, I think. And I respect that, and I understand why those kinds of albums exist, and I don't think that they're terrible or anything. So Oh, for sure. Um, there's a bit in the Queen Live cover album where he's just talking to the audience, and it's like, oh, we love performing our stuff, but man, this is just so much better. <laughs> <laughs> what? About the about the very good Queen songs they're playing, yeah. it's like, all right, cool, fair. This is very much like, oh, that's funny. Um, uh, my basic vibe with it was that I listened through Act One again, and then immediately started belting out every song <laughs> from pristinely from memory, much to your neighbor's chagrin. Um, just like in my in my apartment, just like completely nailing it with all of them. Um, I did not know that that album was 36 minutes long. Um, it is short. And I, I didn't have a concept of how long albums should be when I first listened to it. And I listened to it before Act 2 came out. I was a fan before Act 2 came out. Okay. Found the back. Um, yeah. I also listened to Act 1 before Act 2 existed. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I, I think that one's real fun. Because <laughs> every song is completely oh, yeah. different. And then most of them are... The only one that goes on long is Sons of Fate. And it's doing it by having long a long stretch of ominous wind after all the people have been murdered by the robots and I'm like, yeah, I can vibe with that. I appreciate that. I mean, uh, it's bas- it's basically the last track cuz you know, the, the actual ended mm-hmm. track is kind of a bonus thing. Yeah. It's a it's a very short to the point story album. Mhm. 
Um, and then I listened to Act Two several times through and still belted out like several <laughs> pristinely, especially The Hounds. It was always my favorite. I saw I saw them live and Doctor Wiley um, in that section. I've, I've said that a couple times. Where I was like, oh, this man is hot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like just like, oh, this is this is putting some feelings interesting in me. sexual uh, awakening yeah just because he, he's very he's very confident in that song and he's just belting it out it's very good concept uh, album dr wiley but hot because <laughs> 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 uh, you and i tom we are all right never <laughs> yeah it's very good um i think that album was actually a little bit less fun than the first album revisit because there are there are some sort of dirigy stretches in Act Two, I think. It's, I mean, it's a, it's basically two of the first album. Yeah, like um, the there's, first... there's three songs after the Hounds, where Doctor Light is brought before the court, and they say he's not guilty, and then the song after that for killing for what for Wiley framing him to for killing Emily, and then there's a track where, um, the crowd try is like enraged and trying to kill him. And then there's an instrumental track, track where he escapes. And all of them are like pretty low tempo and mm. chill and mournful and ominous. <laughs> yeah. And, when you're structuring an album, you've got to really be cognizant of valleys like that. And that's basically every Dr. Light song is mournful <laughs> and slow mm. and ominous. <laughs> and then when to the point where when Joe comes in with Breaking Out of Here, it's just this kind of beacon of light. But then even he has like an eight minute... Slow, yeah. So that's the thing. Ominous track right after that. I've never thought that that first stretch was too much of a drag, but then when you hit the eight minute track, that's when I'm like, oh, this one could have maybe been tightened up a little this bit. Could have been tightened up maybe just a little bit, and then it gets the light of the night. And it's like, oh, and then it's awesome. And then it's and then it's the best thing in the universe that's ever happened. <laughs> and then the fall is really good. And then there's a six or seven minute like more full slow ominous track after Joe dies, <laughs> or Doctor Light is like. Just as that the deep bass, just like, and then everything. Oh, that one's so fucking good, though. It's very good. I this still, is like, but I still have work to do. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Me and John just gushing over this album that Polly just yeah, doesn't it's, like. It's, it's, no, I mean it's it's no different than me gushing over an album yeah. that nobody else listened to, and everybody <laughs> and every like this is at least this at least works better because the two of you have listened to it. So <laughs> I still listen to this like regularly. You know, so I have this on an actual CD. Mm-hmm. This was the very last album or most recent, because maybe I'll do it again someday. I sat down with the booklet and just listened to the entire album while reading the booklet oh, yeah. for the, the liner notes. Mm-hmm. And there's like additional like scenes and paragraphs that aren't spoken yep. in, the, in the liner notes. Yep. Joe rides a motorcycle up some stairs, I think. <laughs> the liner notes is very badass. I mean, this was probably like 10 years ago. I don't remember them specifically, mm-hmm. but it's like Act 1 starts with a little bit of narration, and then there's no like direct narration for the entire other songs. Yeah. Yep. So it's still a very fun revisit, because those yeah. tracks that land for me land real hard. And yeah. even and the, even then, the other ones still have carry the story forward and still mm-hmm. do some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so that album still rules, and I, I think I had a little bit more fun with Act One on the re-listens, just because it's that, that just punch of, it's yeah. it's a little bit goofier, which oh, it helps. It's it's a concept album about Mega Man. <laughs> it's yeah, much like... goofier and more overt. Um, it's it does, <laughs> and wearing the dumbness on its sleeve, I think, yeah. and then it, and the songs are just shorter and yeah. all very varied. Um, but I had a lot of fun with those, 
And then I put on images and words after not listening to Dream Theater for four oh, years, and it just punched me in the dick with good goodness. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, that it's track. a real good album. It definitely, it just, I will confirm oh, its punch in the dick status. It's still oh, pretty, it's God. still a banger. It's just, it's just a banger start to finish. It is, it was sort of, after especially the sort of dirgy bits of Act 2 with the Proto Man. Yeah. And then listening to that, it is just 60 minutes of, oh, this is why I really like Prague, huh? Oh, man. Because mm-hmm. it has so many parts and each, every song has like the really good part. Yeah. And then the yeah. way it, it builds around that really good part is always really smart. It, like it doesn't feel like you can just take a chunk out of the song. Like I think my favorite part Ugh. of that album that still just hits me like a brick every time, just because it mm-hmm. just like just because of the way the song before it has always kind of it, it builds to that moment is uh the the final verse into outro for Metropolis, uh before, mm. yeah before the trees have fallen before we lock the door yeah before the leaves have oh, fallen yeah. before we lock the door that moment right there it's just like oh god I feel it lifting me out of my fucking chair every time <laughs> it's so good. Is uh wait for sleep on that one too? Um, so. Yeah, because I really check. like that. It's just a little piano ditty, but I like. I keep it. I always mix that one and Space Divest, and which which album they're on. Oh, yeah, Space wait for Divest. sleep. Yeah, like I really really like that tune too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that moment in Metropolis where you're going into the song's outro and it's about to wrap up. It's just like oh my god! It's something about it. It's so transcendent. Yep, and it just makes these like eight nine minute tracks just soar. Yeah, with so really much does. energy. Yeah, this was, was this the debut Dream Theater? This was the second it's... album. This was their first okay. with, uh, with uh, James Labrie. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of their first album because it was the one that broke out because of Pull Me Under. Pull Me Under, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a new they had a new singer with it. The first album was not good. It's <laughs> like I I can listen to those songs if they're performed by James Labrie. Because yeah. they, they do that from time to time, where they'll pull out those songs from the original. Yeah, but like the vocal style they're written for isn't really isn't his thing re- either, though. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like they're fine songs, like I understand, but like the original recordings with that Charlie Dominici are just not not my favorite. They don't, like Char- Charlie Dominici is not a bad singer. It's just yeah. he does not fit what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely listened to Dream Theater because you threw me at, threw them at me way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I will think, continue well, to throw like their first eight albums at you. Well, yeah, I mean, but basically what I did as a kid was I just listened to Metropolis Part Two and then Images and Words a little way, mm-hmm. while later on loop. So I'm I'm kind of ready to do a little bit more of the deep dive with the yeah. with the with the first chunk of them at least. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I don't think they're, that they're ever going <laughs> to top six degrees, but that's just me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's but the I one never, I keep waiting for. Listen to that one. That's the one I keep waiting for John to get to for a reason. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's real funny. The reason? I If we're thinking of the same reason, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. a 42-minute thing the 42, I made. The 42-minute anime music video. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what was it set to? What was it about? The It was Higurashi and Six Degrees yes. of Inner Turbulence, yes. the entire song. Yes. Extremely good because on the CD, <laughs> Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence is cut up into eight pieces, but it is one forty-two minute song. Extremely good. Oh my god, life is good, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so music's great. Music um, is fun. I like it. We music... both had musical adventures. It sounds like yeah. 
Music's fun, but music's great, books are great. It's important to do things that aren't play video that aren't playing that video aren't games. Playing video games. Or if you do it if or if you do the thing where you play video games, you don't have to be mad about it. You can just play the good ones. Play <laughs> the go. good ones that you like and share that experience with people in a very non toxic way, please. Yeah, or, just, play sweet, or play sweet or play sweet mad. Oh god. <laughs> or or play sweet Yeah. yeah. No, we've got a we have a warmness for sweet coded now. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta find if you're if you're gonna deep dive like bad things, then you, it's because you're finding the things that are kind of compelling and interesting about I, them. I suppose. <laughs> you lost Polly with that. <gasps> Rhett! Hi. What else have you been up to? Uh, a couple things. I played Gato Roboto. Oh, hey, that game, which it's is a, a video game. It's a video game. It video is game a video, video game. game. It is a video game as video game. It's one of those. Uh-huh. You play as a, you play as a cat in a robot suit, mm-hmm. and you go do a Metroid. You go, yeah, that's basically it. But specifically, you do one of the newer Metroids because this game is basically divided into levels. This is like, uh, this is Hunter's uh, level design, basically. Oh, where you think that? that so where, me- <laughs> I'm not trying to be insulting. I'm just saying that, like, look, yeah. you're not really exploring anything, but you got a map, and some things might be blocked yeah. off, and you'll come back and get to it later. But it's very orchestrated, and now you're going to do that, and you're yeah. never going to get lost. I think this is actually a little bit more exploration than Hunters, because Hunters, in general, intentionally just funnels you down towards the yeah. one path. Yeah, but this is definitely like. You have the intro area, and then you reach what they literally call... They say to you, think of it like a hub. A hub, yeah. <laughs> and then there's three levels that branch off that, and you have to do them in order, as far yep. as I can tell. Yep. So then you have the water area, and then the fire area, and then the wind area, <laughs> and then the end game area. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very linear. Yeah. And, like, I think you can get all the items in each sub-area the first time through. Yeah, like, like once, once you, you have the power-up. On the exit from every area... Like yeah. the, the special item, the 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 power up items that you can get, you'll be able to get them with just the uh the power up you got in that level. Yeah. The, so one of the things that's weird though is like when they're doing this this kind of very linear structure is they don't. You get the power ups like after beating the boss. Yeah. And I think that I think that's such a missed opportunity. Because the way Zelda would always do it is like it gives you most of the whole area, mm-hmm. and then you get the power up, and it recontextualizes the yep. whole area. This that's doesn't do that. People, people are kind of, like that's where I think people miss the point in a lot of these games. And yeah, that's typically mm-hmm. always how modern like explorey games like this are are, are made. In that <laughs> yeah. it's always find the power up after a boss, where it's just like you make more interesting boss fights with the new power-up you got. You recontextualize the yeah. area with the new power-up you got. Yeah, like, I forgot. Basically, you get a, like, I think in the fire area you get a dash, and you can dash through things. Mm-hmm. And I basically completely forgot about it, that I had it for the <laughs> oh. entire rest of the game. Yeah. Because you just don't get forced to use it, like, ever. Yeah, like, the world isn't it's not constructed in a way that makes adequate use of your abilities yeah. beyond these very small moments in time. Mm-hmm. And like in general, the power-ups aren't particularly interesting. Like yeah. one of them is just, Oh, actually this one, I see. I don't even remember which area you got the dash in it. I think it was the fire one, mm-hmm. but then, so one thing that bugged me and it really shouldn't, but well, I don't know. Uh, when you shoot a missile, 
There's a little gauge. So in Metroid, you have limited missiles. Mm-hmm. It's just straight up, you've got 50 missiles and you shoot them. In this game, when you shoot a missile, there's a little gauge to the side, like your temperature meter, and it goes up like to 90 degrees when you shoot a missile. And if you shoot another missile, it goes into the like, kind of haywire mode and you have to wait for the cooldown. Mm-hmm. When you're in the fire area, that gauge never changes. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah, it should be always hot. Yeah, there should be like like you could have made an interesting and fun mechanic around that, and then being able to power up later to give you back the ability to have missiles in that area to recontextualize them. Yeah, because they just because when you go in there, they go, "Oh, it's super hot in here." You, as the cat, can't get out of the robot suit in this area. But then the missile gauge still says twenty C the entire time. Yeah. And then you fire it, and it goes up to 90, and then you fire it again, and it goes into haywire, and you have to wait for the cooldown. It should have just started hotter. Yeah. It's so silly. And then the then one of the upgrades you get, I think, I thought it was at the end of that area, too, is just better cooling. Now you can fire yeah, three missiles. Yeah, now you can before. fire three. And it's just, it's weird. They, like, it says a lot that my favorite part of this game was the one where they forced you to just be the cat. And you, you yeah, died the- in one hit. <laughs> Which is a little annoying, but it was a fun, tense area. I really liked that area a lot. Yeah. I had kind of... The problem with it is, like, I had kind of decided on the game at that point. Yeah, like, that's where... the point. Is that, yeah, I was at this, I was in the same boat, believe me. Like, like when I yeah. got to that point, it was just like, I like this area, but, like, this doesn't save this game at all. It's just... Yeah. This game isn't bad. Like, I think it's, that, I think we can agree it, that it's not bad. It's no. a competent video game. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's ticking a lot of boxes, and I think that's why the game exists, is to just tick some boxes. It's That's the thing, is that it's extremely adequate in there. Like, Minoria. Like, Minoria just kind oh, of feels... Oh, I think this... You think I what? had a gut reaction just now where I'm like, oh, this game's way better than Minoria. <laughs> I... Mm, okay, they I do think different that it's things better in turn. Do... I think that it's better because it's shorter and more compact. I think that Minoria didn't need to be as big as it is. I think this plays infinitely better. It's just kind of boring. Well, yeah, it does play infinitely better because the fucking melee in Minoria is terrible. Yeah. It's like, that's where I say this game is competent. It's like, oh, it feels good to play and jump and shoot enemies. Mm -hmm. Whereas Minoria never felt good, but it had oozing atmosphere. Whereas the atmosphere in this, like, never lands kind of at all. At all. And, like, the writing is so just, like dog it's trying to be cute like the the the, he can't talk because he's a cat joke it only works once if i'm being very fucking generous (laughs) you do this joke at least nine times yeah i'll imagine if they just like not done that for the whole game just had to be a silent protagonist and then at the very end the cat just goes now see like that would have (laughs) worked that would have (laughs) worked But they make that joke of, like, overly long explanation for a thing. And then you switch yeah, to the cat. Meow. I'm like, fuck. Get, stop yep. it! <laughs> you are wasting so many K of memory with displaying that text. <laughs> it's pointless! Yeah. The other thing is that the ending of this game is wild because it just kind of ends. Yeah, it's just fucking so, out of nowhere. Yeah. So, John, do you remember uh, Environmental Station Alpha? Yeah. Do you remember the ending of that game being kind of a letdown? I remember all three endings of the game being a letdown. <laughs> I don't remember the specifics. Well, I remember in one of the videos we watched about that game, is like 
they said that the main flaw of that game is that the first ending being kind of a letdown makes you think that there's going to be a better ending mm, if you yeah, like, then there do, isn't if you go into the doing the secret stuff this game is very similar except there's no secret stuff yeah you beat you beat this game it's a kind of a disappointing ending and then when you reload your save you're back in an area that you are trapped in yeah it's just you you did it you beat you're the just, game and now you're stuck in this room you're stuck in the spaceship like you did the thing you escaped and you can just wander around like these four single screen rooms and that's it there's just nothing to do you just have to like delete your save or something it's bizarre i've never seen like a game that just doesn't let you rewind and go back to the planet to get the items you missed yeah like you think it would just like revert to the state before like the final check the final boss or the final checkpoint or something and it just it's never so does. weird yeah it's it just weird. doesn't it's a weird thing i like i think god of roboto is like it's fine it's it's adequate it's fine it's, it's adequate there. it's fine it's a video game that you can play you will probably not <laughs> i don't think that you will hate the hour and a half it'll take you to beat it yeah, it's pretty short. Like, it's a big Flash game. It's like... Yeah. Like, if this was a Flash game for Newgrounds in, like, 2008, like, I would have been like, oh, this one's really good. Pants. They had to shit their pants over it. Yeah. Newgrounds, game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just the vibe it gives me. Yeah. Like, I j- <laughs> I'm not gonna badmouth the game or try- say yeah. don't buy it, don't play it or anything. No. Like, because I feel that, like... It- it doesn't come across as a game that was made just to try to, I no. guess, fit into a mold. It just feels it like, yeah, it, like it's very clearly someone's vision and somebody wanted to make this. And it's I exactly, don't think it's cynical. I don't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't strike me as cynical. I'll give it One that. Th- yeah. One thing that kind of bugged me though is like the whole game has this black and white, like literally just black and white color I, palette. Uh, yeah, it kind of cut into my eyes. I didn't really like it. So, so the thing is, like, I actually thought it worked for this, whereas I hated it in Minute. Mm. Because I think this is trying to be a little bit creepier with its atmosphere, mm-hmm. whereas Minute <laughs> isn't at all. But mm-hmm. a lot of the things you gather in this game are just straight-up palette swaps. Yeah. And so I eventually I was like, oh, I've got a light blue one. I'll turn that on when I'm in the water area. And then, oh, I've got a kind of a brownish tint one. I'll use that in the fire area. Yeah. And then I'm just like... Hey, game developer, why am I, like, choosing... Why am I I doing the work for you? Why didn't you just do this? Like, it just feels that that would have been the more natural fit. Yeah, because then when I got to the end game area, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to make it, like, black and red, really harsh. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, but why am I deciding that? Yeah. (laughs) That just kind of felt a little off, like... Because it does really change the mood. It does, it does, it does. It's a cute little effect. Like, I know Downwell does it, too, and it works in a similar way. True. I saw. I saw. I played Minute because I it looked like Downwell, and I was like, "Oh, I loved Downwell." And I played Minute, and then I looked at Gato Roboto and said, "That looks like a Minute," and I didn't play Downwell. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Is Ooh. is Downwell only black and white? I thought there. No, there are other palettes. Uh, okay. Wait a minute. Like, I think no, I mean, like shots are red. I think bullets are yeah, red. Yeah, I think it's white, black, and red, or something. Like white, whereas... black. I think anything that's red will hurt you. Right, and then that changes with the palette. Yeah, whereas this is literally just, just two colors, black so like and white all the time. Yeah, which is it's interesting because it means things have to read really clearly. Yeah, like you I, like it's an exercise in making fucking everything readable. Yeah, which it definitely does. It absolutely like, that's does. Not the issue. Yeah, 
It's just that it gets a little monotonous when every area looks exactly the same. I like, so you, the, I like the weight that the character has jumping around to you. It actually feels like a little thing piloting a big weight. <laughs> like a way too big thing. Yeah. It's That's a fine nice taste. Better than a minute? What'd you say? Oh, I only lasted like five minutes a minute. Oh, like, okay. I, I immediately didn't like how that game felt at all. I was like, did you did you play a minute? Wait, what? No, none, none of y'all played it. I successfully scared you off, which means I didn't have anyone I mean, to I, you complain just, about on this. I still tried to play it. Minute was on my radar for like the first week it was out, and then you told me about it, and I was like, yeah, it sounds pretty gutless. Yeah. Oh, God, I still get mad thinking about that one. <laughs> for some reason, like, Bones Polly's issue with... For some reason, Polly's issue with the visuals in Gato Roboto, like, kind of being sharp and cutting into your eyes, that's mm-hmm. how I felt about Minute, where it's just like, oh, this is just... It's ugly and sharp and, like, I don't know, like, it didn't read well to me, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. Gato Roboto did for some reason. Weird. I wonder what the... There's, like, science behind that. Yeah. <laughs> or I was just in a different mindset. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird, because I went into both of them knowing, oh, a friend of mine didn't like this game that much. <laughs> but I think John was much more harsh on Minute. Right, right. Than Polly was, like just kind of meh on Gato Roboto. But I still mm. wanted to play because I just wanted one of those for a bit. Yeah, that's yeah, why I, I played it. It's just like, I've got it. I just need to do that thing for, it's, like, like, and I don't want to, like, sp- I don't want to pay $40 for Bloodstain and do it for 40 hours. I just want to oh, do God. it for, I just want to do it for, like, an hour and a half. Why is Bloodstain so long? Like, God, man, is it? Wait, what? Yeah, it's, like, 40 hours. What? It's huge. It is huge. There's like quests and side crap, side quests and grinding. It's like a whole big There's thing. There's item synthesis, item <laughs> grinding. Like it's so crazy. Like I don't get me wrong, I'm probably gonna play it at some point. But okay. Jesus Christ, there's just so much to kind of like sit there and think. Good lord, do I want to engage with all of that? Probably uh, not. How long? How long to beat? Says completionist is 32 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Main. Main story is thirteen hours. That's so I think pretty long. It's very long for one of these kinds of games. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Not, it's, it's not twice as long as Hollow Knight long. No, which Hollow Knight is like the Hollow Knight the took most. me forty hours. Okay, I I, I did about twenty five. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it took me forty hours, but I think I one hundred percented it too. I in terms of items, I mean, ho- yeah, Hollow Knight is physically huge, whereas I think that Bloodstain sounds like it has more. Backtracking, running, grinding, yeah, RPG stuff. RPG stuff, yeah. 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 Um, I did do some other stuff that's not video games. What's that? Oh, tell us about them. The uh, so, tell me if you've heard about this one. I re- I watched an anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched season one of Simple Gear. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? That's my favorite. I like it. That's my favorite. Much like favorite. <laughs> Much yeah. like Sweet Home 1 is better than Sweet Home 2. I think Simple Gear 1 is better oh, than Simple man. Gear 2. Forgot that those were kind of connected. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you started Sweet Home 2 where I was thinking, how funny it would be if you actually ended up liking this less, just like Simple Gear. And then you actually did. <laughs> <laughs> Continue how to treat you this time. It treated me very well. I, I didn't want... some start hating Simple Gear. Oh, God. That would I don't be very think weird. going to happen. <laughs> but, Basically, I just wanted to revisit this one because that shows a lot with like how much terminology and stuff they throw at you, especially in those first few episodes. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas, like, I realized, like, oh, I really kind of didn't understand this show for a while. I was here for Pretty Girls and Singing. Whoops, wait, what do you mean there's yeah. actually a story? Same way people but feel a, about Toho. It's a, it's a lot of techno babble and, like, ancient relics and activations and all this stuff. The so, moon! Like, the other... Huh? The moon! Oh, and the moon. <laughs> Protect the moon! Well, like, the other thing is, like, because of how season one is structured, like... Because there's, once you know the twist at the end, it's like, oh, they foreshadowed it much better than I thought. It's like, Aww. this doesn't feel quite as written as it was made. Right. Written, yeah. Like, seat of their pants just making shit up as they went along. It's not, it doesn't feel like that on second view. Mm. The other thing is, like, the show does have, have the problem of... <laughs> God, you even compared this to Sweet Code and Gaiden. There, the Japanese website has a thing called like keywords, where it's like additional information that's not quite all presented in the show. <laughs> so I read those along with rewatching the show because they're like tagged by episode, and not all of them are translated, unfortunately. But I think all of season one, season ones are. Mm-hmm. So like by the end, I was like, oh. I have a full understanding of what happened in this show now, and that was very good. <laughs> and, you know, I paid more attention to the character arcs and, like, where they start, where they end up. And I was like, oh, everyone nice. has, an, has everyone in the show has a nice little arc because they thought they were only getting one shot at this. Like, this wasn't planned as, like, a huge five-season thing. Mm-hmm. They were just like, okay, we have, we've got 13 episodes to tell the story we, as much as, as we can. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and then they tell as much as they can. And then they tell they tell it as much as they yeah. can. I've I saw Perfect. people like old forum posts from like 2013, 2014, people being like, you know, it was originally going to be 24 episodes and they had to cram it into 13, but apparently oh that's God. not true. Okay. Okay. But I guess they're just like, yeah, that's just his kind of writing style, having come from JRPGs, mm-hmm. which was a lot of throw everything you can at the screen. <laughs> And then I cried a bunch at the end. Of course. Of course. Yep. I mean, why yep. would hey, you? Hey, we both did. Uh, so I did watch some more anime. Mm-hmm. Watched another show. It's called Simple Gear G. You <laughs> <laughs> got me. Got me. You know, I was like switching brains, like recalibrating. Yeah, right. I was like, okay, okay, we're going <laughs> into... Oh, okay. I enjoyed being on Simple Gear mode. It's time to, time to adjust <laughs> into a new thing. Boop, boop, beep, boop. Like, get shift those neurons around. Hi, Rhett. Tell me what the next thing is. <laughs> So, I'll try to go through these quick. Um, go for it. No, you don't have to. <laughs> my, main, my main goal in rewatching season one was to understand what was going on and kind of pay attention to the character arcs. You know what Simple Gear G kind of fails at? Uh oh. <laughs> Having clear character motivations. Whoops. Ooh. Whoops. <laughs> the perfect thing is not so perfect anymore. There's just a point towards the end where I'm just like, man. Kirika, you're just such a fucking idiot. I don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> I don't understand the villains at all in this season. Sort of like, like so much like Joey in Sukun 2. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Continue. It's just like, oh, I like I understand the plot to a point, and then when stuff really starts popping it popping off in the last like two episodes, I was just I just kinda threw my arms up as like, okay, yeah, sure, I guess that can just happen now. <laughs> I'm doing my damnedest reading, you know, the additional wiki info <laughs> to try and figure this all <laughs> you are out. Putting and in the hours. 
Yeah. And you're just like, oh, the spaceship, it can just split in half and send part of itself into space. Okay, sure. Like, they're just, yep, yep, they're, they're just flying around in space now. Okay. His arm just controls everything. <laughs> because he has an alien arm now. It's just, it, it's a lot. I really like when, I really like when Phoenix came back briefly. Like, that part was very good. It's weird, because so, like, now that I'm not blown away by how they ask pull resolve some stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually thought this season feels way more written by the seat of their pants as they made it up going along <laughs> than season one actually does now. <laughs> but yeah, my main problem now is with it now is just, I just, I'm trying so hard to figure out what the antagonist group was trying to accomplish. And I just kind of can't. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was my. I think yeah. I think I hit that point about halfway through where I just, yeah. I just kind of gave up, and that was why the last like, yeah, half of the show was just was just the misery, fugue state, fugue state hell. There's an there's another thing though, I'm, where a character motivation for Chris mm-hmm. is like, extre- it hinges extremely on. A thing that happened off screen before season one <laughs> that they never really explicitly bring up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, why she would be so driven to do the thing that she does is because of something that happened a long time All ago. All the way back. Yeah. And that's but why again, she ate the spaghetti. It was very cute. <laughs> this, the spaghetti scene is so weird. <laughs> that, I've, I've only seen GIFs, and I'm just like, yep. Yeah. Y'all like that thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cute. It's funny. No, that's, it's just... that's all where you sent me the pictures of the guy that ate spaghetti, like, annually oh, yeah. with Chris, right? Oh, no. <laughs> just, like, with the printouts and the... No! And the pictures and no! I don't no. even know that exists! <laughs> no, this is... It's even it's better, actually. Oh, okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. I just saw this random tweet that was like... I'm taking two weeks off work to spend time with my wife. And then it had a picture of Chris from Simple Oh, Care. no. <laughs> All right. I interrupted you. What was, it? What was the yeah. next thing you were going to do? I don't even remember. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, the character motivations and arcs in this season are a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. I will admit. That might be why. I think the thing, the things I remember really striking me with one are um, the the tension with Hibiki having to hide her powers from Miku. Yeah, that was big. And then the and then the ending going much and then the ending where Chris and Subasa Subasa was mean to everyone at the start, and then Chris was really mean, and then everyone yeah. kind of coming together and then protecting the moon. That's the problem is that season one has an arc for everyone, mm-hmm. and then they really don't in season two. For but even the new characters also kind of don't. Yeah, that, those are the Go ones who could have carried thing, carried it. Yeah, it's weird. Like, the closest is Shirabe, but even then, it's kind of weak. Like, I I don't understand Maria's character. She just kind of yells about power a lot. Oh, yeah, she was the... she was. That's so why the, every time you sent me Maria art, I was just snoozy face. Like, I, this, is not, <laughs> this, this person is nobody to me. <laughs> you have to understand. She is nothing Polly, to me. Polly just changed I, the stream layout. To, just like, okay... <laughs> <laughs> that's very cute when's my poly plush coming yeah just need to go. uh so i oh poncho just tweeted it okay so we're just 
<laughs> Looking at Twitter now. Um, I watched one more show. Was it Simple Gear Season 3? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, good. All right, so this was your low point in your initial watch, right? So here's the funny thing. It's no longer the low point. <laughs> I, so somehow Season 2 dipped a bit on rewatch. Season 3 massively elevated. Would you say, was it, would you lower your mouse score and raise your other? <laughs> would you change your mouse scores? I don't think I would lower G. I would definitely raise because okay. I gave G an eight originally and GX a seven. I would definitely boost the seven now. Okay. So here's the thing: Hibiki has an arc in this one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's like oh, there's like an actual character arc that really resonated with me with this time. Not even that it didn't the first time. It's like rewatching it. It was like kind of this revelation of like oh. This is when I started really liking her, like, as a character and not just... You love Hibiki. Yeah, but, like, for the first two seasons of the show, I was just here for the dumb action. I didn't really care about the characters. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this is the season that really started making me really like her. And, like, the first six episodes of the series of GX are, like, probably the best, some of the best in the entire show. Mm-hmm. And then it it's kind doing of, a much it's much more rigid, right? There's more yeah. of a formula to the season, which I can kind of appreciate when the yeah. first two felt kind of structureless. So I was like, yeah. all right, maybe just do the Sailor Moon thing. Like yeah. I can appreciate that. The problem for me is still in the back half where it just becomes like four episodes in a row of dispatching the weekly villains. Mm-hmm. And because those episodes are also trying to do character arcs for everybody else, it's mm-hmm. it gets really busy because. <laughs> Because it's episodes of like them setting up a problem for a character and then immediately resolving it in that same episode Aww. with a song, so it rushes a bit. Whereas like the first half of the show is kind of the Hibiki show, mm. and that's the best character, obviously. And Miku is extremely involved as well. Oh, really? And there's there's so th- I think this is the only other time in the show besides season one where it has they are sleeping together. <laughs> they make a point of it as hey they're in a new apartment now, but they still got have the the bunk bed. And are sleeping together on the top bunk. It's very good. And, and the first ten minutes are the best part of the whole Simple Gear franchise, right? First ten minutes of the season. It's a lot. <laughs> That's she just re- a self-contained episode yeah. there. It's just very good. Yeah. Cool. Because right. Hibiki's arc in this one is that she doesn't want to fight people anymore. So the intro scene makes sense in that it's not her fighting. It's just them stopping a disaster. Nice. So like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, so she only actually fights like three times in the entire season. Interesting. Like her first two action scenes are just helping people, and then she, and then Miku motivates her. You've really got to fight. I believe in you. You fight not to hurt people, but to save them. And then, and then, and then Hibiki fights, and then she loses. It's Aww. extremely dramatic and good. Oh boy, who knows? Like, much like Sweet Coden Three, might be the one that turns it all around. <laughs> Simple Gear season three. So that's what I've been getting up to. Hey, gotcha. next week we're doing our best anime of the decade. Tune in to find out what mine is. <laughs> oh, it's the uh, Heavens Feel movies. Big surprise! I didn't know you'd taken the dip there. <laughs> really hidden, it, hidden in there, right? Jeez. So, Polly, what have you been up to? Um. Okay, well, I got one more thing that I can t- we, we we can talk about. What? Um, to, to, to I apologize for putting the entire audience to sleep just now. Yeah, I literally I, I looked I out, I surveyed our land, and I just like, are they dead? 
<laughs> They've all been devoured by the noise. Um, so, this seems to be an episode of people going back and kind of looking at things with a different pair of eyes that, oh. uh, or, or ears that, um, that, that they may have experienced previously, right? I mean, that seems yeah, to be... That, yeah. It seems like we all ended up doing that without even planning it. Weird. Uh, so... About two years ago, I played a video game that ended up being quite the critical darling, um, and then I expressed opinions on it that were contrary to the popular opinions at the time. So then, my mm. podcast hosts both went on to play the video game as well. I uh, literally started this because you didn't and like it. Rick <laughs> Spite played it, and I thought he was Spite liking it at some point. Um, but then it came to be that both my co-hosts ended up liking this game, and then, so this is a game that kept, it kept, it kept coming up. It just kept coming up, like, uh, people that I watch stream suddenly, out of nowhere, like, what the fuck, you're playing A recurring illness. Yes, it's a recurring illness, this thing that <laughs> just keeps invading my time and place. When I, when I said my piece on it, I said, fuck you, I'm done. Uh, I said, no, f fuck you to popular opinion. I said, being the rebel scamp that I am. Um, yeah, the game was Celeste. as uh, the the hit indie platformer about depression and anxiety. <laughs> I think I think at the time I said that that game was what, like Walmart brand depression, <laughs> anxiety or something uh -huh. like that. I know that I was very, very harsh on this game when I played it mm -hmm. two years ago. Um, but it stuck in my craw for some reason. I could not, for some reason, get this game out of my head because on the surface, it's like, this is a game I should like. Like, there's, there are elements that are in this game that are very distinctively borrowed from other games that I like. There's no reason I should not like this game. And it, that just kind of stuck with me for a bit. And as the year wore, and the, as the last two years wore on, two or three people that I watched stream ended up playing this game as well for the first time, blind. And from all of their streams, just laughter, joy, enjoying themselves, <laughs> connecting with these characters and story. And I'm sitting here every fucking time, like, why didn't I get it? Polly, I just got a cold chill over my entire body. Um, I need to ask you some a very serious question. I want you to answer it. Okay. You did actually replay C Celeste, right? <laughs> I thought about that too, but I just double check. I, I trust she you. Absolutely did. Okay. I absolutely okay. did. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. We're, yeah. All, we're all good then. Um, I, I trust you completely. I trust you completely. <laughs> just, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to. We're all good. Um, but like the thing that just it's like everybody I know is enjoying this game, and I'm the one that didn't. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? Like, what is going on here? So I finally, like, like I, I, I reinstalled it probably like a year ago with the intention of replaying it, but I never got around to it. Uh, so since there's fuck all going on, you know, January and February of the year, I decided to replay it again from start to finish. Uh, no assist mode, anything of the sort. We're just going to take this game as it was intended to be. We're going mm -hmm. to be patient. We are going to let the story take us where it wants to take us. We're gonna we're just gonna exhibit, I feel, an amount of patience with it that I did not the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I came out on the other side. It's like, oh no, this this game is actually pretty special, huh? Oh, yeah. um, it it 
it, everything about the game that did not click the first time. The story, the platforming mechanics, the the, the level gimmicks. It all came around this time, and it was just like, this is the right game for now. Um, I feel that like when I first played this game, I I I caught myself slipping into a mindset that I think that it's easy to fall into when you you host something like a podcast where it's just like you need things to talk about. So, like, there's a trap that it's easy to fall into, and I've caught myself doing it a few times, and I am goddamn sure that's what happened to this game, where it's just like, well, I have to finish it because I have to have something to talk about. I don't care if it's not landing with me right now. Like, what I'm feeling right now is what I'm going to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that at the time I was really in the mood for that game. Like, I finished it out of obligation. Um, I didn't really engage with it much. I didn't try to let the story and the characters do what they were trying to do. I was just kind of like, I'm just going to sit here with my big old grump face and finish this game that I'm not enjoying right now. And (laughs) this is hitting me because this is what I did with fire emblem. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I bounced off really hard for this game initially and I should have stayed bounced off, but Mm -hmm. instead I kept coming back to it like it was an obligation, and I put that on the game and not myself. Like, I I ruined my own first experience with this game. Um, And this time around, it was an absolute delight. And I think that it shows that I enjoyed that my my time with the game a lot more this time, because my first playthrough of the game was like eight hours or so, and I collected like 40 strawberries, and I don't think I found a single B-side. Mm-hmm. Whereas this playthrough, I ended up with like 110 strawberries or something, and yeah. I found four out of I think four out of seven B sides or something, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I found a bunch of blue hearts. So nice. I was yeah. actually just way more engaged with getting around that world, enjoying those mechanics, the feel of the jumping, the feel of the dashing around. Uh, the various ways that they find to stretch and play around with all that. It's fucking smart. It's way smarter than I gave it any fucking credit for. Um, and yeah, like that game's just, that game absolutely deserves all the praise that it got. Um, and I was the, I was the dummy this time. Like, I will fully admit, like, that is a game where I fell into a real dumb trap that's (laughs) easy to fall into if you, if you you have a podcast or something and... (laughs) Because I mean, podcasts are all about like I need to have yeah. a thing to talk about. Like, what None am I going to do? Worried about that for this episode. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, like the writing in this game is really good. I think that, like, the mindset I was in at the time was those were not the messages that I wanted uh, mm-hmm. writing wise. Whereas this time, like, when I got to those points where, like, Madeline is really fucking confronting things, like. And, and, and you know, like, really trying to sort herself out and more or less just be honest rather than, you know, trying to bottle shit up and say that it's not a big deal. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, like, this actually fucking hits and hurts this time. <laughs> um, and, and I think ultimately what I really, really like about that game it, uh, in its conclusion is that the conclusion isn't that, you know, Madeline's all better. It's more of just like, mm-hmm. oh, I've I've got a better mindset now. Like I I've now got the first set of tools 
that I can use to start rectifying my situation. It's not like climbing the mountainism isn't a magic cure-all, but it provided the answers she came there looking mm -hmm. for, uh, even if they weren't like the, the, this magical tincture that's going to fix everything. And it, it yeah. really fucking resonated this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what's really important to me in that story is that she doesn't defeat the evil self. Exactly. Yeah. She learns to work with it. Yeah. Like, it's just a part of, like, we all have parts of ourselves that we're not really happy about. And mm -hmm. there are parts of us that you just can't divorce yourself from because it's just who you are. Like, there are primitive, like, it's literally Xenogears. It's literally, <laughs> it's literally Xenogears with Faye versus Id. It's literally Mega Dimension Neptunia with Uzume versus Kurome. It's the same story. It's just told because here. Because it's so universal. Yeah, it's, it's a story that's <laughs> really fucking universal in that, like, we've all got, like, a bad voice in our head sometimes, but, like... Do you, like, like like it's it's that you it's that uh, see having a side of your personality that you only let experience the bad things and if you do that I feel that you warp a part of yourself and like I think that that's ultimately what that story is going for in that like you put all of this bad shit on me like says the person that's manifesting you know in all of these stories it's like you put all the bad shit on me I didn't ask for it you know I had to adapt too. And, like, the way that I adapt is lashing out at you. And, and like, personifying those fucking complicated strings of emotion that you get and, and the way that we fuck ourselves up mentally, like, I think that it's just a really cool way to, 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 to express that inner conflict. Um, and, 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 like, I don't know what my favorite version of that story is, but I would, like, Celeste, Xenogears, and Mega Dimension Neptunia are my three favorites. <laughs> I love Neptunia just getting like, in there. Neptunia gets in there, the fucking silly video game about... <laughs> video games. Video games and titties. <laughs> Has, like, a, a really compelling light and dark side story. That's really nice. Yeah, and yeah. To, me, I, to me, I compare it with Inside Out. Which just has yeah, the... that's absolutely yeah. I can see that too. Yep. Um, yeah, that's like a really, really great game. That I'm glad that I've like I'm I'm glad that I got it because like it really did stick. Like even though like I came across as mad and hating it on the podcast, yeah. I was mm -hmm. mad because I didn't get why it didn't click for me. Like that's oh. why I was mad. It's just like I know that this is a thing that I should like. What the fuck happened? And I think that it's just hey you. If you're not in the mood to play something right now, maybe don't force the issue because it will color yeah. uh, your final opinion on it. And I, I like this is the most I've ever been wrong about a video game. I think uh, oh. like I will fully, I will fully fucking claim it. Like this is the most wrong I ever was uh, in, in expressing an opinion on this podcast. <laughs> My Celeste opinion is the one that I will would go back and excise if I could because it's just like I've never been so fucking wrong and stupid and boneheaded about it like that wow yeah um, but the most important knew. thing is like it did click and I do love that game now and like it was Aww. great I even played around and did a couple of the B-sides because <gasps> it was just like I want to like I, like I'm not gonna go, and I, I'm not gonna be the person that 100 this game. Like I'm probably, uh, I, I, I'm not yeah. delving any deeper into that wormhole. But I did mm -hmm. it because I want. Okay, like if I'm taking away a lot of the narrative focus, which is the thing that kept me playing, 
Yeah. If we're going to play it for just pure mechanics, how long does that sustain me? And it's just like, okay, I had my fun with the, the World 1 and World 3 uh, B-sides. Mm-hmm. I don't need yep. any more of that. I'm fine. That's about what I did, where I yeah. did several B-sides, and I was like... I'm good. Like, right. I get I it. I think that it's cool. I love the, I, I love that they definitely seem to have had a lot of fun developing content for that game. I think that yeah. like it's very clearly loved on a lot. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. But yeah. Uh, I watched a stream with him. I watched a stream with Thorson on mm-hmm. it, and he was like, oh, yeah, we've played it for probably like a couple thousand hours. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's... That's what you do when you have something this fine-tuned. Yeah, like, like, how do you not just want to keep making levels for that? I mean, that's why, like, things like... Do- they did like, keep making levels. Yeah. They and, made Chapter 9. But it's, it's, like, why, it's, like, why Doom map making is still a thing. It's because, like, if you make really good Doom levels, they're fucking really good. When you have a set of verbs like that that just can sustain level design forever, yeah. basically. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what Celeste I is, I think. I wish Celeste had a level maker. Oh, oh man. man, that would be oh, so that'd fucking be tasty. cool. You wish for that, and then you look at the nightmare but stuff then people make in Mario Maker. People make and be like, "No, I'm not playing your nightmare levels." I just think that it's a great thing yeah. that people have access to now. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Celeste is now Soxcast approved. Oh right, Ooh. yeah, you're right. Because yeah. yeah, even I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Even John liked it. <laughs> I was just like, "Yep, oh, this is really nice." The way that. Comparing um, the Pico 8 game with the main game and the moment when you get the power up. Yes! Um, I think that's I think that's a very clear sort of case study in like the power of narrative contextualization mm-hmm. of like a mechanic. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like the difference between this getting the orb and you can double jump twice mm-hmm. and then what happens in the full in the finished game is is mind blowing. It's, it's so much so, more meaningful. It's uh, so much more meaningful. It's very, very, yeah. Like that. Yeah, that like that moment actually got me this time because I had forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute!" Oh, oh. they have that moment. The, they have the hug. As the music swells. Is the dun 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 dun. The chapter seven music is. So oh good. my it's god, it's a banger, that's, start to finish. Yeah, that's oh. the track I listen. That's the track I play. There's so I'm... much. Like that soundtrack is literally flawless, though. Yeah, it really is. Like it's the one of the best fucking soundtracks in recent memory. Just straight up, yeah. <laughs> I like Poncho Smith's idea that Neptune should have stolen the flag at the top of the mountain when Sol- <laughs> when Madeline <laughs> made it to the top. Because <laughs> well, Neptune's the protagonist, man. Yeah, it's true of every game. Every game. <laughs> you mentioned that you're not going to be the one to 100 percent that game. Mm-hmm. I tried to 100 percent that tried. game. I couldn't. How far did you get? So my first time, my first time through the game, I did every B side with its main level. <laughs> so it was a fucking journey. Because B side four is a lot. Because oh, that's God. the one with those weird the platforms with arrows on them. Oh they, God! They probably they went make nuts. Some, they make some real nuts shit where you have to like trigger one at the very bottom, and then like there's spikes on the left, spikes on the right. You've got to like do three sixties around the thing, and you know. God. So I did stage one, stage one B-side, stage two, stage two B-side. So I didn't even see, like, I had to get through each B-side to see oh the next chapter in the story. <laughs> That's like doing that, like, like dark, like light world, dark world, super meat boy, only this is way more torturous, I feel. I, I couldn't fuck with much of the B-word, the dark side and super meat boy. I think this is gen- more generous. Oh, well, I that think also, this is definitely... That also means that you're, um, 
that also means that your experiences of the B sides, you're still being propelled forward by yeah. the story. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I did cool. it because it, it did work like that. So I do chapter seven, chapter seven B side, chapter eight, chapter eight B side, and then that's when you unlock the C sides. <laughs> so I did those in order until I got to chapter seven C side, and that's where I fucking broke. Oh my god! Go and I look don't think that. none of us have played chapter nine yet, have we? No, I plan to. I was yeah, probably gonna I'm going to play replay. chapter nine. I've just heard that it is just absolutely insane, though. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've heard it's up there with the hardest shit in that game. Yeah. So it's not something I want to jump right into. Uh, I've of. I've seen a bit of the mechanics and they look fun as fuck, but mm-hmm. yeah, cool. that game's the, rad. The end of Seaside Seven is like just a minute of you showed me area. a video of that, and I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck out of here!" It's like a minute of straight air dashes, yeah. And like you have like no space for air, and I was just like, "Okay, this just isn't fun. I'm sorry anymore." <laughs> And then Seaside 8, I looked up a video, and it's, like, it's every mechanic for, like, a minute straight. Like, every sort of gimmick thing shows back up for one last room. Oh, God. The temple is a cool idea. I liked it, but I didn't get very far. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, something about World 8 just doesn't kind of work as well, because there's no narrative hook. Yeah, there's no narrative hook. There's no narrative hook, and, like, the mechanics don't feel as thought out. Yeah. There is kind of a nice little moment at the end, though, That's if, cool. if you're if you're looking for any any narrative stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. Like I feel that I've gotten everything I want out of the game. Yeah. I, I'll return to that game in the future, play it through again, obviously, because it's just it's just, it just feels good. Like yeah, everything feels about real it. good. Yeah. I just remember you being like, I don't like this game, and I play chapter one, out of spite, and mm-hmm. I was just like, what the fuck? This feels amazing. <laughs> And then I like put I put it down for like a month and then just started over and then did my whole journey through it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Polly's wrong on this I'm, one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm absolutely fuck stupid wrong. Like I yeah. I'll I'll own that. I'll own that. You can quote that. So I'm trying uh, to remember I'm trying to remember what, when I was ever wrong <laughs> in life, you know. Uh-huh. Was that, there was that build of afterward you sent me where that, you literally that fucked everything up. <laughs> That's just on your brain because we had that Twitch. That, yeah, it is, but it's just it was a funny moment to think back to. <laughs> okay, that was one wrong thing. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did a co-op, a, a sort of off the cuff co-op stream uh, mm-hmm. where, where we read for like your, five hours for like five we, hours. Yeah, we played her lullaby and Holy afterward back shit. to that. I didn't expect you to do both. Games I didn't expect it either. I was I just didn't like, expect it to take four and a half hours. We didn't plan any of it. It was just like, oh, I, 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 I was the first to show up to John's stream, and I was like, oh, hey, you haven't started. I can, I can join you on call if you want. It was like, okay. Well, then we just kind of just fucking flew through it, and people seem to enjoy. It. People seem to have a good time. I had a very yeah. good time. We got, we got to kind of like give my... a lot of behind the scenes stuff that we that we mm-hmm. didn't you know. That was I, I learned how to highlight on Twitch now, so it's actually saved. Oh, awesome, awesome. Oh, good. Yeah, I export my shit to YouTube. That way, it's... like you can just do that from the same menu. So. Oh, you can do it manually. Yeah, you, you can, can do, do it, it automatically. You can do it. Uh, you just go, you go to your highlight in the video manager, click uh, and then let's click the little, per, like the, the 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 period thing. Cool. I might do that. Yeah. So is that it? Do we have a podcast in the in the can, ladies and gentlemen? I think we had a podcast. I saw the Sonic movie and I didn't like it. Oh, oh no. no, you did. No, everybody has been. Everybody in the world seems to actually think that it turned out really well. 
I think it's just a meme. I think it's literally like... Well, I can see that. We I have, can see that, too. We have to reward them because they listen to the consumers. Yeah, I can see that. It design. I don't yeah. think it's that. I've seen people, like, genuinely, genuinely, like, oh, Jim Carrey's actually really good in this. Like, he actually gave a shit. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just like, none of the none of the action sparks joy in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get, like, as I can totally see how that movie ended up being the success that it is based on just that, you know. <laughs> anyway. So it, it's, it's, it's fine if you're an eight-year-old. It's fine if you're an eight-year-old. Yeah. It's, well, it's wild like that Sonic just has this long, longevity, though. Yes, that is like, funny. It has, has this one? Had a it has this one? What does it have? Longevity? Oh it has longevity. I think you said longevity and then longevity. 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 Yeah. Either, either of those are right. Longevity. Sorry, Rhett. Uh, <laughs> it's just weird when you think that Sonic... Like, when's the last great Sonic game? Um, Generations? That was 2011. Yeah, that was a while ago. So you're saying ago. if eight-year-olds like this movie, they've never lived through a good Sonic game. <laughs> that, that basically... There was a... So I just... There was that meme where people were like, which de- developer... You, you have to erase every yeah. game by this developer, and it was Sega, Konami, Capcom, and Square... And I was like, I guess Sega, I'm sorry. I don't know. This is awful. I hate this. And then <laughs> then this movie starts with the Sega logo opening like Marvel style over like a bunch of clips of Sega games, including like <laughs> Sonic and Valkyria Chronicle and Streets of Rage yeah. and Yakuza. 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 And Fantasy Star. And it's an Echo. And it's just like zooming out over all these screenshots of Sega games. And I was just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's like, a, like Sega is. Look, man, so good. I don't think Sega still, I don't think Sega still gets the props they deserve for everything they did trying to push so, the medium forward. Yeah. Like, just from, from those early games to the weird experimentations like Echo the Dolphin to fucking the Saturn having online capability uh, to Fantasy Star Online being what it was at the time that it was. Like, Sega does not get the love they deserve for being the pioneers that they were. Yeah. Um, we, we really just have to kill Capcom. It's the only option. And Seaman! Seaman! Seaman was a big fucking thing, too. Jesus. The obvious correct answer is Konami. No! Sorry. Can't get rid of Contra and Castlevania. We can't get rid of the best action games. <laughs> like I know, that, that one did kind of make me wince, because I'm like, wait, if Contra never existed... How does that change you can't, history? You can't, you can't think of that. It's just all the games get erased. They, yeah, everything, but then, nothing else but changes. But then nothing was influenced by Contra, no, and that's real bad. If you think about it in those terms, then it just it becomes too galaxy brain. Yeah, like, I then you thought, have to like, actually start Starting now, the all the games are erased. <laughs> Do we have a podcast? We have a podcast. We have a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I want oh. to thank every... What? I played a lot of the Simpho Gear phone game. Oh. <laughs> it's a fucking phone game. Yeah, it's not, it's not a real game. We can skip it. Okay. Please keep jamming me about it. There you it. go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for coming out and joining us on this Sunday evening. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the subs and the bits as well. Um, and, of course, John Thayer, where can the idiots at home find you? Faraway.times.itch.io. What about you, Rhett? Uh, uh, SocksMakePeopleSexy.net slash whatever the forum is. Sliders. Do, do, sliders. Do your game of the year lists. Yep. 
Get your, game the, get your Game of the Decade list to us. Get us your Anime of the Decade list to it as well. Remember, to get us your Anime of the Decade list, we need you to send that off to podcast at net. It's just the same as the end of the year lists, so just put, you know, just write that up and send it off, and we'll read them when we record that episode in about two weeks or so. Cool. All right, that awesome. wraps things up here in Soxland. So, again, thanks again for listening. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. <laughs> we are the only ones that love you.